The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 21. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. Well, yes, all about celebrating the culture, community, creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander, plus a side serving of pop culture discussions and entertainment stuff. I think that's how I put it. <laughs> I'm all over the place uh, for ancillary influences. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam. Uh, nothing to say about me. And uh, joined, as always, by Mr. Cheshire. How are you doing, Chesh? I want popcorn chicken. That's really shit. I haven't heard about. <laughs> I haven't thought about popcorn chicken in a hot minute. That's a, that's that's an interesting one. Um, as you can hear, there's a third third voice here. Uh, as as we like to uh, you know have as our happy kind of Goldilocks zone uh, experience with this podcast. Love love being surrounded by guests, and uh, we always we always do our guest profiles with the community and creators. To, to become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, why we play in an effort to promote and celebrate that and, and kind of just dig into the essence of, yeah, what it is. And it's my project this year. I just want to know why why it is we play these cardboard rectangles and have fun and, and, and want, to, want to get everyone's perspective on it and build a uh, almost like a report kind of thing, but just have fun conversations with great people. So without further ado, we're joined by... A good friend of ours, uh, I'll say I met in the, the MTG Lexicon community and it kind of the friendship went from there and we've, we've spent many an hour playing Commander, discussing what whatnot. But uh, this is yeah. Enthrallamond, a.k.a. Joel. I don't know if we're, uh, we're running with, uh, you know, do, do I want to run with Enthrallamond or Joel uh, in person here? It's up to you completely. Just go with Joel, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it, yeah. Can I call you sexy? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my ego would definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All right, go for it. I'm happy with that. Um, All right, no, your, yeah. your buzzer Thanks is for, sexy. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Hey, sexy. Uh, yeah. No, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's it's no, lovely. No, um, I've looked forward to it for quite a while. It's uh, we've been speaking for a while, mate. You've got to jump on, and um, it's it's as an interesting uh, kind of perspective that I uh, not everyone's heard your name in the magic sphere but I think you're a very important no. voice as far as like promoting what we love about commander and and just especially the whole you know there's more to life than commander that side of it which actually makes it yeah. easier to enjoy commander but I will preface uh, and I kind of mashed this intro I usually would have front loaded all this but essentially what we're talking about though Joel does a lot of work, uh, and the reason I asked if you want to be Joel's enthrallment, uh, does a lot of work in the Hearthstone sphere of all things and uh, co-hosts a, uh, a podcast called The Squelchcast. And I will absolutely recommend this to anyone, even if they've never played a, a, a minute of Hearthstone, i.e. me. It is, it is just such a joyous thing to listen to because there is that whole, I guess what we try and achieve as well, which magic is the, the, the conduit, the, the fulcrum, uh, and then... All the other life stuff comes in, and uh, as funnily enough, Joel alluded, uh, kind of enlightened me to the fact that a lot of Hearthstone players played Magic originally, anyway. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. it, was, it, 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 it was a very interesting tone mm-hmm. that you like. You guys just talk about Magic cards without even like 
almost defining what you're talking about like oh people know what we're talking about because and i never occurred to me that's like most hearthstone players or magic players kind of thing so there is even a little bit of magic content in there which is which is good fun but oh absolutely we we talk magic all the time it's hard not to right because of the context for everything from mid-range to aggro to control to terminology tempo like all of those concepts came from magic players yeah they're Um, all they're all borrowed they came straight over to hearthstone and and, and kind of like not in a way to to disguise that at all i think they, yeah. they both acknowledge each other in a way so i think that's that's been it that it's it's going to be really interesting i've wanted to get some perspectives on uh, because you're quite deep in the hearthstone i know i always value <laughs> chesh's perspectives on card games because he's played a lot more than me and seeing what things <laughs> seeing what seeing what what things kind of uh crossover lessons we've learned from one that to the other um and it's just just interesting yeah. perspectives like i say that may even uncover a bit more about why you know, the best parts and, and the absolute, like, uh, kind of pinnacle of enjoyment in Commander and what that looks like because I, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've kind of – I feel like we've been reaching that lately, which is good fun. Like, it's, it's just good people, uh, like, as in just – Good, oh. respectful people that have fun and, and we, we, we laugh a lot and we, we have just really cool games. So um, the, um, the Coach Davey episode was fantastic. That was a fantastic <laughs> Thanks, listen. And, and of course, I like every episode, but I was going to say on the on the note of Chesh playing like every card game known, my favorite, one of my favorite moments in your guys' <laughs> podcast is always, he'll be like, oh, hey, have you ever played a card game like that? And Chesh will be like, yes, 1988, the Garbage Pail Kids <laughs> had, a, had a secondary <laughs> card game that no one ever heard about. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey. Like, the Fraggle, the Fraggle Rock competitive card game that was only available in McDonald's Happy Meals in 1986. <laughs> and like, that meta was fantastic. Like, <laughs> oh, that, like yeah, the Halcyon days of, uh, of yeah, that, that, that meta. Actually, that was insane. it's funny you should mention that because uh, the Pokemon trading card game had what's called a Dark Charmeleon. The Dark oh, Charmeleon what? was one of only a select few promos that you could only get in in Australia what? in craft singles. I'm not <laughs> no, kidding. No. So congratulations on hitting oh. that little flavor note. Mm, tasty. You got, uh, Joel, you guys have um, craft singles over in Canada, right? Oh, I mean, some people do. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I think processed cheese is disgusting. But it's like, oh, I mean, you, you got to have constant- a constant... You can have it on burgers, I guess, but like, yeah, it's it's, it's a constant thing that Dan talks about and Matt on the squelch. Um, uh, so our podcast is co- technically called Squelch, another Hearthstone podcast. <laughs> and um, on Squelch, Dan and Matt go on about American cheese, which mm. to me just sounds like pro. Like when I have American cheese here in Canada, even in a nice place, it just tastes like Kraft Singles. I'm pretty sure like, it is no. too. Yeah. No, you pick up American cheese at the deli, and I'm like, "What Whoa. are you talking about?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just sounds like, why would I buy bad cheese at the deli? But apparently, well, it's to die for, and I need to. I, I think, need to try. I think it. we I can here too, actually. Like, and and there's a lot of American things that are kind of uh, they're they're displayed as like an exotic kind of you know import or something, and and, <laughs> and, and, and the, yeah, no, no, seriously for burgers and stuff, the American cheese is huge, yeah. and we've got a lot of places in Melbourne that are like we're all about the what would be a very run of the mill kind of American experience with like a diner and having a burger. Like we we mm-hmm. quite I, I want to say fetishize that I guess is is the way to put it, and you'll pay a premium for like an American diner experience. So yeah, you know of, of course it's like yeah, Mom it's like Australians want to be America, of course. Like yeah 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 yeah, we get that yeah. here too, right yeah. next door. Yeah, and I guess it's just all that cultural stuff, and it's like you know like 
just cool burgers and, and whatever else. So, yeah. I mean, there was one. Oh, what was the burger place, Chesh, that, that had a pop-up in Melbourne and the line was just down the block? Like, it was stupid. No idea. I didn't pay oh. any attention was to it this. In, was it in, so was I, it in I, and I out, maybe? I need to yeah. explain this before I answer the question, actually. Mm. Um, so, this was before COVID hit, which... You know, I can't remember anything because that's like the, nine, nine months back ago. Back in nineteen eighty, the long, long ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the long before thought. But also with us uh, eating better and and me walking every day to try and like make sure I'm dropping some some kilos because I'm quite heavy at the moment. Um, heavy means fat. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember because it's a burger joint, and quite frankly, burger joints. I've never really had the penchant for burgers that most people I know have. Yeah. People just seem to, like, absolutely fucking love burgers. And I'm like, eh, burgers are great. Mm. But at the same time, it's not a kebab. Yeah. People yeah. are always like, you you eat a kebab and you're not drunk? I'm like, yeah, because it's like meat and veggies, right? Like, it's it's... It's a self-contained meat salad, yeah. you know, with some cheese. But whereas a burger is just like a hunk of fatty meat, you know, some shitty oh, ingredients and some cheese. You can't, like, have yeah. a, you can't have a burger without a ton of veggies, man. I don't, I don't do that. That's, that's, oh, oof. But most people do. That's the problem. Oh, so we've got a place oh. here that does, I, I can't remember the burger place, but they do something called the Golden Axe, right? Yeah. Oh, I bit. Thank you, eight bit. Yeah. And the golden axe is uh, two chicken breasts <laughs> wedged with cheese and a little bit of hot sauce. Are they the bun? Uh, and uh, yeah, they may as well be. <laughs> I, I've had one of those burgers, but, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but yeah, it's not one of those. But we'll get to that. Um, but it, it's cooked in such a way that it's like they deep fry the chicken. Mm. So the chicken's extremely oily. Yeah. And I kid you not, I get through half of one of those burgers, and I feel sick now yeah. imagine this because i'm like 130 kilos so i'm a i'm a, I'm a big guy i'm also six two so don't don't worry about that but it evens out <laughs> it doesn't it? <laughs> still a fat guy does um, it yeah but <laughs> it doesn't no i'm just trying to make myself feel better uh but these burgers are so oily that i get through half the burger and and I'm a big guy, and you would expect I'd just eat the whole thing, and I'd be right. But it's not like by the time I get through half the burger, I'm like I I kind of feel like I want to throw up. I don't know if I can eat this whole thing. And in fact, the last time I had one of those burgers, I got through half of it, and then I threw the other half out. No, and we're talking like it's it's a near twenty dollar burger. Yeah, like it's wow. expensive, but it's just so fatty and just full of like nothing good. That my body just and, rejects and it. Tell because, me this, come on, man. Like, I bet when you were 19, that would have been like an awesome meal, right? That's how oh, I yeah. feel. If at I my was age. back yeah. when I was 19, man, I would have just like eaten two of those, yeah. no problems. Wouldn't have looked at anyone. I was also like 60 kilos. And, yeah. and, then, and, so, you know. and then gone for a skate or played <laughs> basketball or something straight away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had a, uh, gone, uh, had a shot of something, drank two beers, and then played sports, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was living on the Gold Coast, so I would have gone for a surf. Oh, yeah. dang. Oh, yeah. lovely. Good segue. So, speaking of surf and uh, and life topics as we're doing. Um, and turf? Surf and turf? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I've, <laughs> Back ta- I've to talked food. to um, <laughs> I, Yeah, I've, I've talked to the Lexicon crew about surf and turf a little bit, actually. It's it's a funny concept having yeah, it. Yeah, because most people don't kind of understand. Oh, steak like, and oh. prawns, man. It's 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 something it's else. Steak and prawns, yeah. It's, it's a pretty steak weird. And, well, steak and seafood, really. Yeah, but, yeah. exactly. More or less. Um, but I, I jumped in the ocean for the first time in about five months yesterday 
Hey, you didn't um, drown. Oh, Congratulations. I didn't, no, I didn't drown because I'd been, uh, I had three surfs at the uh, at the, the wave pool. Uh, and if anyone listens to the podcast, of course, Victoria was locked down for a good four months, so I couldn't really go anywhere. And uh, that was fine. Uh, I was out of shape and I almost drowned the first time in the wave pool. I was like, oh, I need to hand in my surfing license. And my pride, <laughs> my pride was shot. Not that I think I'm any good or anything. It's just I've surfed for more than half my life and it's like well i think i know what i'm doing but that first time i'm like i feel like an absolute like floundering fish i'm just drowning it anyway so so that was that was fun got out out of the way in the 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 wave pool but yeah yesterday i got to see my dad for the first time in yeah five months oh my gosh Uh, that's that's awesome sam saw my brother and uh we we went down to the place i've been surfing since i was a kid and it was it was the best the most perfect day ever because no one was there and uh everyone was on one of the main breaks and we're like and we're like we always go for the places there's no one else out and we know how to read that beach anyway. It's like I don't think anyone sees the wave there. And, and we go, oh, no, head down there. And it's just us and it was the most perfect, like, appreciative moment that is like the classic surf with my dad and my brother. And it was, it was just so nice to be in the ocean That's again. Awesome. And so I can feel the salt in my veins, so to speak, and I feel a little bit more human, which is really nice. So um, to the point where I slept in this morning, you guys found that, I think. So well, <laughs> sorry I'm here late. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's just there's just a fun aside to uh to non magic content for the moment. But we uh I think we should, we better get into some magic content because that's kind of the heart of the episode, uh whatnot. But I you know I, I sure. Do you want to talk about the commander uh the 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 oh god what is it called the uh commander collection green for a second? Oh, I I forgot about that. So that's a thing. Um I was gonna get into well, bruise notes, feeling, but let's do that afterwards. Like, yeah, yeah, go for it. I go have for a feeling it. that one of our sponsors is gonna be sending me one this week. Oh really? Ooh. Oh can because, we can we split it? Figuring it out that that so with Guff, um they weren't able to supply me with my Pokemon boxes yet. Yes. That they owe me. And he said he's sending you a treat. Price because the Boxes are now trending towards three hundred dollars a pop, um, and, Go Pokemon, and right? the owner uh, Jim said that he was going to send me a gift, mm. um, something very exciting that just got released. And then I looked mm. and I was like, "Oh no, this means that I need to complain about the Commander Collection Green." And what <laughs> you need to complain you about be before you get why. it? Yeah, and. And and here's the here's the reason why I'm going to complain about this um, money grab a uh, product. Shit, yeah. sorry, product. Um, uh, those terms are so, interchangeable at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah, and they go without saying exactly. <laughs> so there's two versions, right? There is a non foil version for about ninety dollars US. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And then there is a premium foil a version premium for two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, what? What? But they don't. But they don't price them. But but also, we know for a fact they in no way ever price their printed product on the nope. seven, secondary market. That no that they way, never no way. They they <laughs> no, are, they are printing so. it on the premise that um, the cardboard so is worth nineteen dollars. Cards- it's special cardboard, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the cards included. We've got Bane of Progress. We have yet another Command Tower, this time yeah, in a rare. A green one. We've got Freylise, the Mythic. The Eye Lana Patch. Fury. The Eye Patch. Yeah. Uh, we have a Soul Ring rare, which actually looks kind of beautiful. And, and I kind of, yeah, I kind of like your Soul Ring having a color on it. That's kind of fun. Yeah, except yeah. it could have been zoomed in a little bit on the Soul Ring, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we've got a Seedborn Muse, hey. which, I mean, 
it's got some gorgeous art to it. Oh, I love sure. the art it's... on that. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, good. I was just making sure it wasn't problematic. Um, <laughs> Omnath Locus of Manor, uh, a Sylvan library. Oh, now we, yeah. And that's beautiful. The is Sylvan that, is library that, is gorgeous. Is that the one Recky does? Uh, the, the nod to oral... Yeah, Recky. The nod to like oral traditions of like shared knowledge is just beautiful. Mm. I love the idea yes. of him singing and, and his tattoos coming to life and stuff. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, lovely yeah. idea. Um, and worldly tutor. Now, here's my problem. <laughs> because it's for commander players and because we've included things like Sylvan Library, let's just charge through the roof for it yeah. because people will buy it. And that's mm-hmm. exactly it. it is, that's not a joke. It People is, will fucking it's buy It's totally it. a recognition of the but secondary market. But the price market. point for this is ridiculous. It's absolutely recognition of the secondary market, something that yeah. we just claim that they don't do. I wish Especially they... when you're going to sell the foil premium version for 250 USD. What? I really what, had the what wish... in this is worth $250? Yeah, like, I, I really had the wishful thinking that this was going to be priced at the same... as the same uh, price as the other products in the same size box and everything, the spell books. Yeah. Like, that was going to be a yeah. $30 thing where you're like, oh, cool, cool, whatever. But it's like, no, this is totally like... Well, guess what? Sylvan mm-hmm. Library is $60, whether you think we're... Whether we say we're recognizing that or not, it just totally is, and it's like no, but yeah. that's that's essentially like standing in the kitchen with your hand in the cookie jar, and someone's like, "Hey, man, are you eating all those cookies?" And you're like, "I'm not going to talk about whether or not I'm eating the cookies." I, yeah, I think yeah. we both know that that I'm just I, I may or may not be eating the cookies, but really I'm not eating the cookies. And then you're like eating the cookies and they're like Yeah. And, you, and you can tell me all you want that you're not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're eating the so damn cookies. One of the things to, to bear in mind with this is that whenever a content creator such as myself does any kind of um uh promoted content with wizards slash sponsored hashtag sponsored, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um wizards specifically say don't mention uh don't mention value of cards mm-hmm. don't mention secondary market that yep. is a clause that they tell you that you must adhere to to do that sponsored content so if i was to open a box of commander legends supplied by wizards no i haven't been supplied one by wizards wizards definitely feel free to send one my way because oh, yeah. we can't <laughs> fucking get them um, because our, oh, yeah, our f- entire shipment was delayed. We're fresh out. Some stores actually do have them. We're fresh out till the 18th. Um, yeah. But the point here is that um, if I open a box and I open, let's say, a foil extended art jeweled lotus, I can't then go, holy crap, you guys, look at this $500 card. It's $400 at the moment. I think it's slipping. Um, I would have to say, holy crap, you guys, we got the biggest chase card in the set. This is the the best card in the set, which is th- not uh, true in my eyes, but you have to that's say it that the way, kind right? of thinking that wizards go between because they're like, we because we aren't allowed to talk about the secondary market like it doesn't exist mm. and wizards don't want to acknowledge the secondary market which is exactly what they're fucking doing with this product so congratulations yes. wizards on going absolutely against everything you've told us yeah constantly i mean secret layers do it too though like you know with a bitter blossom it is exactly the same price as the normal bitter blossom it's like mm, yeah okay yeah. and that that and, and the it, price of those does fluctuate too based on like the value of the cards <laughs> in a weird way and 
And and when you hear different representatives from Wizards talk about the products and like how many value cards they're allowed to put in yes. a set, and they'll use words like value, but they will say, well, not about cash. It's about how good they are in the draft or how excited people are to open them. And you're like, mm. yeah, you're kind of just referencing cost. Like, and we all know it. Yeah. You know it. But you just can't talk. And it just it gets to this point. We talk obviously. Um, like I'm an art educator and we, I talk all the time about communication, you know, mm. art is about communicating the human experience. It's about communicating in non nonverbal forms. And as humans, we communicate nonverbally all the time. And, oh, and totally, when we communicate totally. verbally, there are so many forms of communication that are tied up in it. And so to like very cleanly communicate, we're printing fetch lands and selling them for the secondary market price. Um, like you're telling us that you are paying attention to the secondary market and that's very the value. clearly like it's not even you that's are value, telling yeah. us that you, we just literally can't take the words right um also yeah just just remember also that these were supposed to be originally around the same cost as a regular spell book well yeah you that's, know, that's what i was they, hoping they said they'd probably be a bit higher and i understand that like these at 40 dollars would be fine yeah these at 90 us are not fine mm. and that is that is the whole point here is like this this particular product that was specifically made for commander players uh commander players making up the majority of uh as we now know, the majority of uh, players, when it comes to Magic the Gathering, they keep the game alive uh, and want something that's affordable that we can get our hands on, like Sylvan Libraries, etc. And, and then instead of doing that, they completely shafted us and made it $90 US. And let's face it, too, like the commander community is tied to Magic in a way where it's like... Um, this is not just about competition. It's not just about gameplay. Um, there's very much like a, an identity, a personal identity tied to the game. There's like, absolutely, a, you yeah. know, like people are tied to commander in a way that I never was, was standard magic or, mm. or even kitchen table magic growing up. I had my deck. I had my learn recycle elf deck. I had like my Mundungu, like twiddle, um, <laughs> like nice. untap counter, unless you pay one more deck. That was like one of my favorite Demir, my Demir deck. Like, I wasn't tied to those decks the same way I feel tied to like my commander decks. Like I need this card to represent this feeling in the deck or, or to use this mechanic. Man. And, and it just feels like is this point of capitalism and consumerism where it's like, yeah, the company can make this much money because they're this popular. Yeah. But, Hmm. but it's not right. It's really not right. It's not right. Charging this much for cardboard. It just for Hmm. like, it just isn't. And, and, um, it's frustrating that every time I'm excited to buy a product, I I have to go through this whole like kind of ethical like, oh man, like I'm just not yeah, pleased with yeah. this, and it, it's it, not it even for me. Cardboard. It's for other people who can't afford it and can't. It's I mean, it's a game. Mm. You go through the game section at the same store that I'm buying magic cards, and you get so much more for your money, and it's just kind of like. Like at what point? Oh, it's just kind of sad. I don't know. Mm. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> you're like I'm bringing Joel on. Man, you're so positive, and then I'm like super sad. <laughs> you are though. You are though. No, <laughs> no, no. no I've, I've, that's that's the point I wanted to make with this particular product. You get this a whole product board game does for it. make you super sad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah, like when, and, when, and when that's exactly it. Like I, was, I, was, I can buy a board game instead of buying the regular version of this, exactly. or I can buy multiple board games. For the price of the premium one. Here's my thing, people. Buy the single that you want from this. Yeah. 
um, because it's going to probably be slightly cheaper than, than a normal version because there's going to be so many opened of the non-foil versions. Mm. Um, and then with the rest of the money, take yourself for a night on the town. Go get a greasy double chicken patty deep fried burger. <laughs> <laughs> and then pass out on the couch clutching your green soul ring. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your $9 soul ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Um, oh, and, and, man, Gre- greasy fingers on magic cards is like one of my most solid memory. No, no sleeves, um, <laughs> eating pizza, and just like, oh, they got greasy. And a week later, dang it, my cards are still greasy. It's like 13, a big old 14-year-old memories. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm, pizza. It's it's that meme where it's like, can I have a go of the, uh, the controller? And it's like the, the Xbox yeah. controller. It's just <laughs> filled with Cheeto dust. And you're like, oh, my God. Sega Genesis, that smooth, clean Sega Genesis controller, that black with that sheen on it from the person before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your brother, your brother's just been like, "Oh no, I'm having a go." It's like, "Oh, you suck." (laughs) That's the best. Uh, But uh, I mean, it's funny, Chesh. Like you, if you receive this thing, uh, look, it almost sounds like you will. It's like it's, it's like, well, great. I'm glad I'm not paying for it, but there's people that are paying for it, and it's like, well. It's just a bit rich to put that price tag on it. And it's, I mean, I, I have heard the whole angle too, and, and you'll be able to correct me as a, as, ex, as a, having experience in a game store, all that stuff, and seeing this game for a lot longer than I have. But I have heard like the From the Vaults things, uh, I guess the spell books too, to some extent, have always been a, an item that the, that have that value, like almost guaranteed value, I guess, uh, that, stores kind of get at a lower cost as far as i know that can be mm-hmm. ideally good giveaways and and you know rewards for people in the store that are really quite um you know have done well in a competition or, or like you know a, a a tournament or something or you know for i don't know something a, a commodity that the game store has to then uh use as, as as gifts and that kind of thing you know like i guess that's the way i want to put it like and i don't know how much that happens but uh, ideally, that's 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 a good use of that product. Sometimes you think it happens. That's cute. I know. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's my other point. Running a game store would be bloody hard. And it's like, do we? Can we really afford to throw away these things that are going to sell for one hundred and twenty dollars? No. Like, yeah. So. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. if you get one, that'd be awesome. So we'll see what happens. Exactly. Um, yeah. If you don't want that seed well, and there's- fish. There's some line to be like played with here, right? Where like one of the reasons we all love magic cards is getting that rare pull, is pulling that card in that pack. Yeah. It is it is it is part part of the game we love, even as card players in RNG and pulling off the top, top decking and things like that. Like part of why we like playing is 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 that kind of like the chance, yeah. That that gamble that gamble right which is can be hugely addictive but then there's just this point ethically where for me as a company or or as a whoever you are in your life like making this decision to really kind of lean heavy into that to just just leverage it for everything you can where it just it, it just becomes really uncomfortable for me it's like it's like you know you could make plenty of money charging 50 bucks for that thing 
and you making hand over fist your overheads are insane like and as a pr move even product. as a pr move too people oh. will be like oh great everyone like good but, awesome to see like the for the less than the cost yep. of what what a sylvan library was i can now get all this stuff and it brings a card that yep. i think more people should i mean it's in green actually no green doesn't need help you know but um it's more people probably should have access to maybe like in there to, to play with whatever uh but yeah it's I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still, it's not doing anything to the price of it. Like, it's, it's no. still the same. So, yeah, weird one. Yeah, I'm glad we went there though, Chesh, and thanks for bringing <laughs> that up because I, I had that nowhere on my notes. No, I forgot no. it came out this week, to be honest. Um, and you know, it's, it's. We talk about product just all over the joint, and this is one that we heard about ages ago. But yeah, of course, it's here now. So, uh, we'll see what happens. See how many we see around. To see if that price changes at all. But like I say, I don't think so. Not much anyway. Um, because it's a different Sylvan Library too. I'll say that like it's 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 just a it's like the art I mean, is a factor. Thing, like, I like my old one. Like that's fine. The art it's gorgeous. It really is. But at the same time, it's just like yeah, the premium on the product itself mm. does not warrant the price of the product. Yeah, nope. and, and and I've kind of felt that like, I don't know a lot of them. I just I personally don't have the funds to throw away on a lot of lot of those things that you know otherwise i might want but it's um yeah you said it yourself like a secret the only secret layer stuff i've been able to get has been i i bought two of the bird cards in an auction because and they weren't much they're like ten dollars because i'm like i just love the bird cards but try and get a secret layer to australia <laughs> like look at that it's oh. probably double price like because of shipping and it'll take forever and whatever so someone actually had one and sold a couple of cards my like, sweet i want the birds and that's it so did you I get birds for your gardening Australia deck? Well, well, I need double birds for that reason because they totally belong <laughs> in that deck. But this one is oh, just... You have, lit- your bird, you have your bird tribal, yeah, yeah. It's literally bird tribal, yeah, the, the yeah. bant one, which is fun. Yeah. And, uh, I've died yeah, to you, that, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you're in the game. And I, uh, Chesh, you'll love this. I had a Dovescape and a Cathars yep. Crusade and something. And, and an Arc- uh, I, what was it? Arcane, uh, this, the five-mana tribal enchantment where it's like whenever a creature type that you declare enters or attacks you draw a card so i was just humming and it's like everything's a bird (laughs) everything's a bird and uh it was coming in drawing cards and they'd get bigger and everyone else making birds but yeah I love none of, us, none of us were okay once yeah, totally. I, I, I got killed promptly and I was like, I'm having the best time and they're like this is mean. I'm like, oh I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I don't know. Chesh, you'll tell me if uh if, if Dovescape's particularly mean, but I thought it was cool. So that's fine here and there. Everything's a bird. Everything's a bird. Everything's uh, a bird. Yeah, yeah. Dovescape is mean and you're uh, an asshole and you should be uh, oh! very sad to be a prick. Speaking of being an asshole, <laughs> let's talk about some brewers' notes. Chesh, you've just done a Lisa deck. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's like 54 views i like that yeah, yeah. i watched <laughs> it on my couch it was great <laughs> mm. um so uh i think we've probably discussed it previously yeah that's uh, what i thought we kind of covered most of it but it's cool to say the uh the yeah. videos out but yeah if anything else changed um, from the initial build not really nothing's changed uh I, well i'm mm, nothing physically with the deck has changed yeah uh, but now that I've had a couple of times to actually play the deck, uh, I feel like uh, it probably needs a couple more plays and then to be taken apart. Um, one of the, as he says, pulling the deck apart for a second, one of the best things in this deck is Villas. Villas working with um, the commander is just yeah. probably the most amazing oh, thing ever. That's really cool, yeah. every time you're having to replay your commander, if you've got Villas on the battlefield, like... You pay life. You're drawing a whole crap load of cards. Mm. So it just basically, 
Yeah, so it basically lends itself to um, having a, its very own draw engine um, because people are wanting to kill your commander to get it off the board and then you're just taxing people for the privilege of you paying your commander um, and then you're drawing heaps of cards and then you're getting that life back on lifelink stuff anyway and extort. I, I've had a ball playing the deck. Um, the one time that I didn't really have a ball was when I got the Magistrate out because I was locking people's commanders out from being played. <laughs> I heard, um, I heard about one that. one of the decks in question <laughs> <laughs> needed to have its commander out to actually work, which, uh, which, which is one of the reasons why I always say to people, mm. do not build your deck around your commander oh, like, that we yeah, already covered yeah. last week. That sparked the whole conversation with Brandon and like in that ga- after that game, I, ch- ch- I kind of chimed in and was talking to you guys afterwards and you are doing a bit of a post-mortem on that one and um the and then also in the actual episode with brandon from mtg mtg lexicon last week we talked about that that concept of not being 100 percent reliant on your commander like having ways to operate yeah. redundancies if someone absolutely locks up your commander because i mean it's I, I, i've I love- been um there's ways to do it there's a lot of ways to do it these days you can be uh what's the one turn it into a tree like things like that and you don't have yeah. a way to deal with it you know song of the dryads yeah i love that yeah, yeah. for me it's like though i hear things like that i'm like no nah, i don't know like i have plenty of decks that i don't need my commander but i also love having decks where i just have to use my commander but if yeah if someone shuts me down and i because i don't have access to my commander i'm not going to throw a fit and be like what mean card <laughs> you know i'm going to be like oh I'll probably be like a little salty immediately. Then I'll be like, well, that's yeah. what I get for building a deck where I have to have my <laughs> Exactly. It's fun to shift that scale and, and, and try things on either end of that for sure. And um, mm-hmm. it kind of gets me in, uh, unless there's anything else uh, mm-hmm. Lisa related you want to chime in, Chesh? Um, I, was, I had a couple of notes about um, Lathiel this week. No, I, I just need like land tax and stuff to make it even oh, worse. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. And, and that, dude, like, I, that's that's thematic is, too. Like you, you need those the ones deck that feel... to stop people from playing magic. I'm playing the deck to slow the game down yeah. so I can win that way. Yeah. So the, the one thing that I need to stress here is that it's a tax and not a stacks. Yeah. So a stacks deck will ultimately look to actually lock the game up entirely so nobody can play magic. Yeah. So that it just wins like the war of attrition. Um, whereas a tax deck isn't like that. It slows the game down and it taxes you on casting, attacking. Uh, it's going to cost you life to, to cast stuff. It's going to, you know, your creatures are going to come in tapped. So semi stasis, but it's not going to keep them tapped. That's why it's not stasis. You know, it, it's just basically a deck that taxes you for playing magic. And it's- it doesn't take the fun out of magic. It doesn't say none of your creatures can attack. Um, it might say if you've cast a spell, you can't attack with creatures and so forth. Um, so, you know, it might lock you into like attacking only with one creature and blocking with one creature. Oh, I love that effect actually. Yeah. Like the mirror mirror type thing. And it's again, all about funneling the game into a tunnel so that it can blow that tunnel up. And, and my favorite part of that in commander and my favorite part of commander at all is four players. But my favorite part of that is, is happening in a four player game is the tax player will play like one or two things and everyone kind of ignores them because they're not that bad. And then eventually you're going to get to that point where there's three or four things on the table that are making like you're dying much faster than you want Mm. to. Mm -hmm. Or they're just making things difficult enough that the tax player becomes an arch enemy in like a really not so like severe kind of way. It's just like, hey, how do we deal with a few of these things, like people? Like how are we going to get together and do that? And that's such a lovely... 
that's such a yeah do we use player removal <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly you know exactly. and there's that's that's like that's the beauty of commander right is like yeah. is, is for me it's not the politics of like oh do we have a, a truce for now or a, you know it's it's more like like you just turn to the person and you both know suddenly you're on the same side for one to two turns and then we'll see yeah, the where di- we go from there the dynamic um, but, shift for sure but playing against tax decks is really fun for that like to me that's fun i, I, I agree yeah. i agree and that's i i think not enough can be said about that that like you know everyone everyone joke and they're like oh i hate tax decks because i don't i don't do what you know don't get to do what i'm doing or whatever or i get like you know it just slowly saps me and i am like no that these need to exist like you need to be able to there needs to be decks in, in, in every kind of, of identity format. for sure like and it doesn't just have to be like a tax deck there are um, there are slug decks that work in much oh, in the same vein. Yeah, like right? a like, like a slug yeah. looks to tax you. It just taxes you differently because it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you play non basic lands? Well, you're going to be taking damage for each non basic oh, land. I, I was going to say, yeah, I love a, you know? a, I love a um, uh, what's the what's the card? Uh, price of progress. Like I've, I've killed, yeah, I've killed, price of, price of progress. I've copied one of them and like, killed a few people. So I've killed somebody by multi forking one of those before. Yeah. It was hilarious. You do thirty five <laughs> damage. It's amazing. A blue red deck, and I copied it. Uh, <laughs> I think it was fifteen times. Yeah, I've lived that dream. Um, it's it's one of the best feelings ever because to... it's it's a two mana spell, and they're like, what the hell? Yeah, well, so I was. Uh, I I guess I can explain what this deck is. So it it was basically a um an is it deck. Yeah. Um, and it was based around what's his name? Um, Ophidian Eye combo deck. Oh, oh Niv Mizzet, right? Niv Mizzet. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Niv Mizzet deck that doesn't run any of the Niv Mizzet combos. Yeah, because they're boring. Right? <laughs> because it, it just it, it bases itself off slow incremental damage yeah. that nobody expects. So you're going to like cool. draw a card and you're going to play something and then you're going to deal some damage, you know, that way. But it also runs a whole bunch of fork effects in it mm. um, so that you can specifically price of progress the most, um, I don't want to say annoying because that's not the, the right no, word. No, I was going to say the greediest. Yeah, the greediest. Exactly. The greediest of people at the table. So we've played games where we have players who sometimes have, you know, like their three-color deck and like, oh, look at all of these like awesome, very expensive dual lands from like, ABU. You're going to pay for that. <laughs> um, and I laugh at those because sometimes I play a deck that specifically targets those decks. Yeah. So, like, the deck can work against anyone, but it specifically targets these decks. So, I was getting up stacks of price of progress times 15 with all of my fork effects. <laughs> That's wow. so good. Plus, I had ways to get it back so that it, it never got... And if it got exiled, there was ways to get it back from that as well. Wow. Um, but the whole plan was, if you play a price of progress times 15 mm. and they have even a couple of dual lands out like a couple of non-basics oh, this, they're yeah. going to die <laughs> that is oh, dude, amazing my, and completely unexpected my experience has been often you only need to copy it once or twice and and it's because that you know they, someone can have eight non-basics and they're like well there you go two a pop right then it's like well then yeah. you get 15 and i've yeah it's pretty easy to 32 someone and it's like whoa were, were you in <laughs> the this, this were is... you in the game uh sam like a month or two ago when i was playing mimeoplasm and i recurred like 30 lands to my board and i had the whole game won i i, I brought back a bunch of enormous creatures and uh, the next turn i was gonna swing out and then um who was it? Was it Gabe who hit me with a price of progress? Oh, and no. I just died. I took like <laughs> oh, exact maybe, maybe lethal. Yeah. Exact lethal. It was like 39 Actually, th- damage. Or, it was something was ridiculous. In, yeah, it was glorious. Yeah. And, and that and stuff it, needs to exist. It's the best. It and it's like, I don't think it's feel bad at all. Loss. 
Yeah. It was the coolest loss I've had in Magic. It, I love I it. I did my broken thing. I was about to win the game, and I got destroyed by a beautiful Richard Kane yeah. Ferguson art yeah. price oh, of progress. It, I, it was because I remember the art now, and that's the one I really want. I've got the uh, the Eternal Masters one, I think. It's like, it's no, I need the mm. cool Richard Kane Ferguson for sure. Know. And also, unsurprisingly, this, this deck is... I ended up calling it time stand still um, because <laughs> that's cool. It does it does have ways to just like multiple turn people with a single yeah. like turn spell. So it's cool. just basically like if I need to kill a certain player, then I can just take like you know x amount of turns in a row and then just like absolutely just kill them. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Which it's not it's not an infinite kill deck. It's not like an infinite turn deck. It's not like. Um, you know, infinite combos in any way. It's just an extreme value deck with a whole bunch of copies. Like, because, you know, uh, apparently twinning stuff is, you know, probably one of the best cards you'll ever play in your entire life. So, Oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad they printed that. That was super fun. Yeah. I haven't had the joy I was, of playing I was actually going to build a Nekusar version that was just wheels. Yeah. Um, and I was going to call it Nekusar behind the wheel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard people and say too, they're just, like, oh, but everyone's got the Nekusar doing the same thing. But it's, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's true. It's true. Like, that. my first Nekusar build was that. It was a wheels deck that just killed everyone with wheels. Neat. Um, Nikas take be, the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. This would be better because it's it's not just wheeling, it's basically multi wheeling thanks to copy effects. Yeah. Which I think is just a cooler way to do it. I I love um Liliana's caress and Megram, and I built a whole deck around that with Obosh. And it was a Rakdos version of that, I guess. So you got the wheels going on. You don't have the blue, of course, but it's more the um that they do damage. Uh, oh, sorry, Megrim mm. does damage, therefore Obosh doubles it, and I thought that would be really cool, and you can take out a player pretty uh, frequently. It's funny, when I play that deck, though, it doesn't always work out to be the whole discard route as much. Like, I need more saturation in there, and Joel's played this deck, and it's a lot of fun, but you can surprise 36 people sometimes. It's like, oh, cool, just a lot <laughs> of damage. But it's it's fun, and it's it's a fun way to play especially like we were saying i think last week it's like it's it's really important and fun. oh not important i'm not going to tell you what the bloody do um it's really it's really enlightening to just build a deck you haven't a type of deck you haven't built before or if or if you typecast yourself as a certain kind of player yeah. you know, i like to play blue hey just just throw yourself out of the conversation see what you'd build if you build something there i've seen decks that do like mono green burn and like i i think you can do most things in any color if you're creative enough and, yep. and if you dig hard enough, there's interesting ways to do everything. So it's really well, fun to of, jump out of those for sure. One of my favorite experiences this year has been building. Um, oh, why is her name? Uh, Tyam. Um, yeah, my yeah, yeah. daughter's favorite magic card is Tyam. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'll make her a Tyam deck one day. I'm like, well, it's a complicated commander. She's not going to be mm. able to figure it out for years. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about it, and then I, the more I thought about it, and the more I started researching it, the more I just fell in love with the deck. And and historically, I've not been a big fan of infinite combos and, and mm. combo in general. It's not my favorite archetype in Hearthstone. It's not my favorite archetype in in Magic. Um, but building a Tyam deck with no tutors and just trying to get to infinites, it's one of my favorite decks I've ever played. Now, <laughs> and um, yeah, because I often that, surpri- that often that surprises you, like as in yeah. you you do something as a as an experiment or whatever, and like and. So Sometimes for me, it's like, I've got all these cards in Rakdos, so I need to make a deck out of them. And you do, and you're like, oh, this is a way to play I really enjoy, for sure. Yeah. It reminds me very much of, probably no one listening to this knows Hearthstone, but it, re- it reminds me of like Quest Rogue. It reminds me of decks where you um, 
you kind of like you, you know you're playing a little bit of solitaire but also the thing i like about this deck specifically is it's pretty easy to, to disrupt it's not like mm. um you know, if you clear a graveyard, if you get rid of my commander, it heavily depends on Tyam, right? So if I don't have Tyam out, I have to wait to get her back out again um, a lot of the time. Mm. Um, and uh, But yeah, and it's Golgari. I love Golgari anything. It's graveyard. Um, and so it's combo in a way that um, I actually really enjoy, which was really surprising to me. So I dig it. And, and the Abzan thing actually brings me on to a, um, a little through line. And I know like Brewer's Note's been a bit extended this week and that's fine because it's kind of just talked in. It's, it's talking into our main conversation of the things we enjoy playing and, and why we enjoy playing. And, and I'm actually really grateful for this convers- these conversations because they're, they're awesome fun. And you'll know, we'll just take them wherever they need to go. But um, but yeah, keep it in with uh, Brewer's Notes and the Abzan, uh, I guess, wedge or chard, whatever you want to call it, wedge. Um, I... Actually, off the back of le- like learning how I wanted to build Lathiel this week and trying it out, trying a few tweaks, whatever, I've realized I want to do the big weird stuff with life gain, which um, you know pretty much does stuff like replaces your life total with this, and you know let the everything your life total becomes for the power of Evera, and Evera's power becomes the life your life total i like what, love that card i, I love, love it so card. much and then yeah. things like uh, things that double your life total lathio i should say of course lathio is a funky little unicorn from commander legends and at your at each end step if you've gained a lot of life or gained an amount of life you then distribute that many counters on your creatures except for lathio so as i, I can br- build this wide i can build it tall whatever um but generally the way i'm going to build it now is the big the massive towers of life gain you know like the beacon of immortality you double your life total that's super fun then put 40 counters on something uh hilarious uh shout out to brandon mtg lexicon getting me to uh to run altar of dementia because even if it's not a sacrifice deck per se i'm gonna have sometimes a hundred powered beefies that can end a player and uh yeah. that's fun that's fun and that's super cool but then i want to play with the ones that switch life totals which i mean uh, in, in white, it's the, I can't remember what the, the card's called. It's like a six matter enchantment. But basically your upkeep, you ju- choose two different plays and they switch life totals. I'm like, well, I could, with that trigger on the stack, I could flip Evra. So my life total's four. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so awesome. stuff like that. I, I want to do yeah. that wacky stuff. And, I, cause and, I start- and when life totals just change, that counts as, as uh, yes, gaining life, exactly. right? Exactly. magic, and, it's and, the, and, that's one of those weird interactions where it's so like, oh, it got so that's all happening. I'm going to do a Phyrexian process or two, which is like pay any man a life uh, and do that. Because I think the way to do this, yes, life gain's cool and, and, and whatever, but it's like can feel a bit pillowy. I also want to live on the edge. I want to like use 80 life to put into Phyrexian processor and my life's on four. And yeah. and then potentially have the effects like Angelic Chorus or the that big dino that um that P Frizz played the other day. Uh and then also Trustani does as well. So when a creature enters, you gain life equal to toughness. Mm. Like that's and you deal with those and so then you make an eighty eighty, you know, <laughs> creature and you get <laughs> lost. It lots. sounds so, like you're it sounds like you're building like a commander deck. You know what yeah, I mean? Like totally. people have people oh, yeah. have EDH decks and then they have EDH decks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like I, I want to build towers of life gain and then do weird stuff with it. And I had another couple of like funny little combos there that I could do really fun. Another one's oh that iridescent horn beetle, the uh five mana beetle in Zendikar that goes at your end step, uh based on how many counters you've put on creatures this turn, or just counters. It's not about how many creatures. 
uh, you make that many bugs. So I can do the whole stack <clears throat> it. So you make your, you put your counters on something first. So if you're beaconed or something like that, you can put 80 counters on something. They make 80 beetles. That's sweet. So, um, <laughs> so that kind of stuff. And then you know how much I love Stormherd. Stormherd just makes a number oh, of peg- Pegasuses. It's a cool card. Or Pegasi for equal to your life total. And I know Dave, you talked about how much you love that card too. Yeah, so, and you're in green, so you can play Stormherd on turn three. True, true. So, and that's that's the whole thing. It's like, well, um, I the first build of this deck was like very generic and life gaining, and the, it, it 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 is in that like that trap of playing the cards I should play because they're just good cards. Like you, uh, I can't no examples here, but they're just generically good. I'm like, yeah, but how do I make it spicy? How do I do like how do I do the thing I want to do and and really focus on that? So that's where it's kind of going now, but. I digress mega because or that I had to preface with that because it got me really thinking when I was driving down to the beach yesterday and I was listening to something else. I'm like, cool, I've got the idea for a deck now and Chesh said it before. And another really interesting, fun exercise I recommend to everyone is finding a card to build around. And that is the, like in, incredibly fun. It's like Secret Commander kind of, but you're looking for a card. And this is a case for like running multiple tutors just to find a card that really it doesn't have to be dependent on the card but if you can build a lot of win cons around it i think it's super fun so i i thought of a card uh with all these lathial life gain uh themes in mind and also a lot of these effects go target player gains all this life or doubles their life total i want to do something around tainted pact do you know this one not off the top of my head. Tainted Pack is two and a black, I believe, as an enchantment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can workshop this with you guys right now and see what you think about what would be fun with it because I can't stop thinking about this idea. It's really fun. I think it's not Tainted Pack. What am I talking about? That's a really expensive card. I'm an, I'm an idiot. Um, the Life Gain one. Um, MTG, Life Gain, Death. If you would gain life, you don't gain life, basically. What is, what's that card called? Uh, you lose that much life instead. Tainted Remedy, I think it's called. Tainted Remedy. Do you know this card, Chesh? Uh, I'm going to say yes, question mark. So it's from... Because that was from or- um, or- Origins. Yeah, it's from Origins. The long lost set Origins. That also had Alhamerit's Archive, which is a great life gain card as well, which I forgot to put that card in. So anyway, Tainted Remedy is a card I've wanted to find a place for for a long, long time, and I think I've got it now. I think it's an Abzan build, um, and that's why I kind of crossed over Abzan there from, um, from Joel's discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's... If I can work in a lot of the weird Lathiel stuff and then find Nabzan Commander this works with, basically, yeah, you, you all, all roads uh, head towards Tainted Remedy and go, if an opponent would gain life, that player loses that much life instead. And then this be- would be really fun as a commander effect, just having access oh, yeah. to it. And I love that oh, idea totally. of just making it happen, right? So you go Beacon of Immortality and you just kill someone because it goes double <laughs> yeah. ta- target um, player's I'm life total. Playing things like. Healing self is now like a lot. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm trying to think to of all the, the funny funny ways good. you can do stuff like that with like you know like target players life total becomes this, or you even build it in a way where everyone's gaining life and it's all friendly until it's not. You know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I love this dump the tainted remedy. So I thought, and this this came off the back of also thinking about Abzan commanders lately that I really enjoyed. I've been playing Colfinor in a uh, sealed. Uh, Commander Legends League with Colin O'Clock and a few other um, awesome folks in the community. And um, the Colfinet deck is awesome. Like, I, I, that's just the, the best thing I could build in my pool of nine packs. Uh, but it's just the new Colfinet is a 3 7, and when something dies, you 
bring something back with uh, less toughness, basically. So you can yeah. cycle a lot of things. And it's that Golgari feeling. You're just like, nothing's truly dying. It just keeps coming back. It's so resilient. Plus, like, plus the art on Kolfinar is outstanding. Oh, it's, it's so good. And the amount of like ant tree jokes I made when I played it, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. And, you know, tree, I'm no tree. That's, that's the best. Um, sapling of Kolfinar is one I've always wanted to build. The wee Golgari tree. Yeah. And th- that fits in the deck thematically anyway. But anyway, it's just a thought experiment. I can't remember. Like I had a whole bunch of um, wacky ideas. I wish I had a notepad uh, yesterday when I was driving to, to actually, well, that's not very responsible driving. But you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, damn it. Wait, am I going to forget this cool idea I had? I'm sure it'll come back to me, but there's a bunch of <laughs> really interesting stuff to do if I built the deck built uh, built around tainted remedy uh half of me even i was like well i like green black white for a few of the trustani type you know things you're gaining life because as the backbone you you make it your you're gaining the life until you switch all that stuff around and then other people you know are or whatever so um and oh so that was the other one anyway so you could do the whole uh switching life totals to have someone actually gain a whole ton of life and end up end up actually losing it you know what i mean like i think that's that's super cool for sure so anyway fun one fun card so that's that's where i wanted to go with with that so um i think that's that's a long-winded brewer's notes but it's kind of it's kind of got us into all kinds of territories in a really awesome way so thanks guys but um i think we're going to switch over basically we kind of started talking about it anyway but a, a bit more about you know why we've got Joel on the show anyway, which is talking about kind of uh, the essence of Commander, of course, which we've kind of just touched on a little bit anyway. But I want to ask you, Joel, about uh, what you've learned, first of all, like what, what, what community means this year. That's been a fun one as, as to, to reflect on as well and, and why we play the game essentially, and that's a big reason, no doubt. But also if there's anything about having a healthy contrast there with something like Hearthstone, which you spend a lot of time doing, and then what that's kind of influenced as far as what you've learned with Commander and then vice versa at all. So, I don't know, like, uh, tell us, uh, we'll start off, I guess, with your um, your background in either, you know, like it's... Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, Magic came out when I was, like, 12, I think, um, 93, right? something like that Mm. and uh i picked it up pretty early i think i started playing in grade eight so that's what we call it here in canada i would have been 13 and uh you know i'm trying to remember like my first packs would have been either i can't remember what order they came out in like homelands chronicles ice age that's kind of like when i was um buying more than a pack here or there um and uh i loved it from the beginning um Mm. i didn't never had a lot of money as a kid so uh by the time i was like 14 15 playing in like you know kitchen table magic crews of 14 15 year olds um i was definitely the kid who never had the good cards i didn't have ice (laughs) manipulator i didn't have royal assassin i didn't have like i'm just thinking of the stupid good cards Mm. in our groups you know um the cards we thought were powerful anyway um i remember buying my first soul ring like that was the first single I ever bought because I just had Ooh. to because everybody else had, <laughs> had one. And, uh, you know, you just take it out as a sideboard, shove it in every single deck you had. Um, yeah, no, and, and uh, just fell in love with the game, the art. Um, I've always been drawn to fantasy, storytelling, narrative. I love yeah, reading definitely. fantasy. Um, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons a lot at the time. I still do. So, um, 
Yeah. And then, uh, and then I stopped playing magic around 2001. Um, we always just played kitchen table. I was never into competitive magic. Um, and, uh, um, I, one of the things I had, I know often in the podcast, you ask people like what magic means to them. And and I actually had a bit written down it, but I think it makes sense to talk about now. So um, I am, I growing up was a hugely sensitive kid and mm-hmm. I still am a sensitive person. I overreact to things all the time. And, um, but I also, I, I think in a lot of cases try to have a lot of empathy and I, I think I, I naturally sometimes maybe have too much. Um, but, um, it was hard for me to find spaces where I felt comfortable. Um, I had so much social anxiety in high school. I would fight and stay home, um, on days when I was nervous of embarrassing myself at school specifically, Mm. things like that. And magic wasn't cool, right? Like you didn't take your magic cards out at school. You didn't bring your D and D books to school. You, you had your couple friends who you talk quietly about and then you'd go home and and play. Yeah. Chesh and and I have have talked about the interesting dynamic of our comics and and that kind of stuff is just like, well, guess what? That's the cool thing. I was like, wow. And then then like star Wars, it's same with me. I was obsessed with star Wars and it's like, that wasn't cool. Like it was my, my first serious relationship uh, with my girlfriend in grade 12, uh, she didn't know I played magic or D and D for like six months. And you're almost a little bit ashamed or something. She knew about comics. Like we were drama kids at school and stuff. And like, she thought it was great and had no cares. And of course, when like I told her, she was like, Oh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And you almost like built up in my head through narratives, right? You'd see it on TV. You'd hear it in the hallway. You'd hear it from kids. Like what an awful thing it would be to be into D and D. And you'd just be like, Oh crap! Like, what if this person I really like feels this way? Like, it was just—that's that's, that's a great terrifying. point. I've, I've never thought about that, but it's totally it. it was influenced by media as well, and like the perception oh, yeah. of being a geek and all that crap. And it's like it was almost like, yeah, this—you're into this dark arcane thing that, like, oh, people will be like, oh, why you do that? And to the point where I even. For a while, I had that coming through. I wouldn't tell people anything like that. That uh, the things that mean a lot to me. Uh, being a bit of a nerd, you know, at work, in work situations, whatever. And it's like, now I'm just like, no, just, just, I do a podcast about this thing and I'll open <laughs> with that. Like, then I'm, I'm not ashamed. It's like the, the best, yeah. you know, it's not this weird antisocial, like, you know, like un, un kind of uh, promoted behavior in society to do or something that that's definitely yeah. how it felt. And back, I don't know why. Like, it's really weird. Back then it wasn't just like, you're a nerd, you're less than, which was mm. there, right? Like you are a less than person because you're, you find rewards in fantasy rather than sports, right? Yeah. It was also like, um, we're scared for you, whether that was for religious reasons or like oh, antisocial yeah. reasons, right? Like we're scared that you're going to suffer from mental illness because you're imagining things in Dungeons and Dragons. Like that was a realistic narrative. Right. And it's like, what in the world? Right. Like it's so silly. Um, Mm. I I've been so excited that D and D has had such a resurgence tabletop gaming, I should say, not just Dungeons and Dragons, but tabletop role-playing has had such a resurgence, especially with adults. So many adults in their twenties and thirties and forties who are saying, I wish I had played, but I was scared away from it because it was nerdy or like, you know, and growing up for me, I never understood 
understood in my 20s, especially as online gaming became such a big thing, how someone playing a first person shooter by themselves, screaming at their friends online was less nerdy than having beers and creating a story together for Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I mean, I I shied away for ages of the online community on like, you know, used to play some Halo, that kind of thing. And I didn't play online multiplayer for a long time. I was just grossed out by it. I really was because you you turn your mic on, you hear the chat, you're like, I don't ever want to hear that stuff again. It's disgusting. It's, It's just like people... Operating under the veil of, uh, of of anonymity on the internet, a bit like my theory of the way people act when they're in a car where it versus yeah. the way they would act on the street. They're completely different. And, um, but worse. But worse. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. And, and, and it's that. And I was like, I just want no part to do with it. Dark Souls was actually weirdly a game where it kind of, it subtly got me back into like, I was like, oh, there's actually some people Dark- playing it. And Dark- like pe- people playing PVP and they're bowing. And then like, and you send you a message. They're like, thank you. That was an amazing duel. I'm like, whoa. Like I was not Dark expecting Souls, I loved original Dark Souls. And one of the things I loved about it was that it was unfair. Um, I love that in a game. Um, mm. And and one of my favorite things at the beginning was having some someone come help me because yeah. the game was so hard. Having someone come help me, like give a little bow and take off. And it was like this beautiful community engagement that I didn't have as much in World of Warcraft when I played. It was yeah, it was true. there, but you had to search for it. There was so much toxicity you could search for and find your beautiful little community. Mm. But then you also had to curate it and upkeep it. I th- I use this term a lot when I talk to my students. Um, I'm a high school teacher, art teacher, and I talk to them a lot about um, what they do online or or creating. You know, we talk about culture and context all the time. Well, I was, I was about to say that this we talk about the, uh, the 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 primary school or the school kind of environment being one of the most volatile, like just just vulnerable yep. places you can ever go through in your life. I I'm I'm you know this is a whole other thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about like fatherhood and like being a parent at some stage. But can sure. I talk talk about what it's going to be like to be a parent one day? And this is an environment <clears throat> that is incredibly like there's so many. I don't even know the way to put it. It's enormous. Like it's unlike any like growing up in any other time because you have the internet. Like full stop. Yep. And the uh, hard part is <laughs> we didn't have it at that age. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but being born in the early 80s, I like got onto Facebook at like 23. You know, we had live journal. Yeah, it was like late high school kind of thing. MySpace. What was the the first one? I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I was just thinking. Uh, ICT or something? Yeah, we had Um, had MSN for a while for like, and that became a community thing with chatting around school and whatever. Like that was. But we didn't. The first steps, I guess. But we didn't grow up with it, right? So we can't reflect on it and understand exactly. what that's like for them. And I always tell I tell my students this too. I say, as parents, you are going to be way more equipped to deal with this with your kids because you've been through it. You understand mm-hmm. it. And you're going to look at how we parented it and you're going to think, what a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. What a bunch of idiot dinosaurs. Um, where was I going though? What was I talking about? I, uh, I want to get back to the. I'll get oh, back yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. the yeah, magic. I, I, thing. I just had a comment but, there that they were talking yeah. about. Um, uh, uh, as far oh. as what what it was like, there's the online thing, and I kind of had a bit of that with Dark Souls, maybe. But then ultimately, what led me a few years ago to go? Well, that's quite a few years ago now, but. I gravitated back towards something physical and it was that it was a community, like a group we, we met up to play commander every week and I got into that and it was just absolutely infatuating. Like I just, this is what it was about. It's actually having real social kind of things tied to your game and having a beer. And I was like, wow. And I've recently got into D and D and I totally get that to the point where, yeah, I don't, I play some online games 
Uh, but maybe I approach them a bit differently because I try and tap into the aspect I love about the physical game. But um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so what I would say too, is I say to my students, I say like, be aware of how you're talking to each other. Be aware of mm. whether or not you enjoy the culture of your community. You have control over the culture of your community. Yeah, that's you're part powerful. of hundreds, thousands of cultures. And you speak in different languages when you're with different people, you use different words, you treat each other different ways and people create culture, right? Culture does shape people. But people shape culture, and you have a lot mm. of control over that. We all do with what we what we put up with. What is an absolute no go in a space? You yeah, know, and what, when I what think we project, of, I guess, yeah, yeah. And when I think of a lot of gaming online communities, like transphobia, homophobia, sexism, like there, these things are just like like people enjoy that being a part of their culture. If they didn't, they wouldn't be there, and. Mm. Um, that's something to be aware of. Are you choosing to make that part of your lexicon? Are you choosing to make that part of the culture you're buying into? You can curate that stuff, find the Mm -hmm. people you want to play with who that's not okay. You know, um, if it's not okay with you, I think, I think, I think curating culture is really important. It doesn't mean you kick people out or you, but you, you can explicitly talk about what that means to you. And for me, that means like when I was 14 and I didn't have a lot of money and I would go in the hole in the wall magic shop that's still there and the owner's an amazing person mm-hmm. and the owner we love him so much i i met my wife hanging out in there um oh wow wow the the owner we met outside of there but we hung out in there all the time and the owner would treat children and talk to them as if they were adults not in an yes. inappropriate way no, but no, in but a respect res- way, respectful, yeah. exactly. And I, I can't speak as a as a parent, and I'm I'm the child here compared to you two. Um, but it's something that I've I've really marinated this idea over the last. Maybe it's like my relationship with my dad. What I've learned from you know families aren't perfect, of course. But trying to when it when it comes time to be <laughs> nope. a dad, it's like I I want to do the best I I possibly ever can and I've I've thought about a lot especially in an education sense whatever but the biggest difference I've noticed and is 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 respect and responsibility and trust yeah. and this go, this goes further to I've talked crazy about work cultures and what that means and how much more people will they will give so much more back or like operate a lot better and you, they'll grow when they're given respect and trust and it's it's yeah. It's enough and it's it's choosing the amount, like, I guess, but yeah, for sure. I have three words written on the little page divider for my daily notes as a teacher, and it's um, safe, welcome, and respect. And those are three things I want every student who comes in my classroom to feel. And if you as a student are not contributing to that, and I don't mean not getting in the way, I mean contributing. Like, if you're not contributing to that, we're going to have a conversation because yeah. that's a problem. You're in, a marvelous learning person, environment, <laughs> Learning environment. Thank you. Learning environments need to feel safe. I did yes. not feel safe all through high school. I was disconnected. I failed PE. Like, and I would go home and play sports every night mm. after school. I would play magic, but I would also play ball hockey all the time. I loved shooting baskets. And I, would, I failed PE. Like, what does that say about how yeah, yeah. I felt about playing sports at school? Right? It wasn't safe. So, um... I always think about those things. They were really important to me. So so this shop, and I don't mind saying it was called Foots. It's now called Greyhaven. It's a little shop in White Rock. Wow, I'm sharing where I live. Um, <laughs> is, that, and, is, that a, um, is that Lord of the Rings It's reference? still there. It's a, 
It must be right. The Grey Haven is the Grey Haven a Lord of the Rings reference? It's a Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah. Oh, so the Adam, best, the, the owner, is a big, big fan of elves. He he had books and books of elvish archers, like in the late, early mid nineties. Uh, cool. He would always trade you for your elf cards. It was hard <laughs> for me to get elves for my elf deck because <laughs> he got onto them all. He's an amazing guy, and and um, that was a really special place for me. And and I remember uh, I used to like skip class to go there on Wednesdays uh, when I had like a really what I thought was a really awful teacher, I hated, you know, who didn't care. And mm. um, we'd head up there, and I buy lots of comics. But in Magic, I'll never forget. I was like fourteen, and I didn't have uh, I had one deck with me, and it wasn't very good. And some guys invited me to play at the table, a couple adults, and one of them was just like, hey, here, use my red burn deck and flips it over and it's mana flares and it's it's um howling mines and it's like it's like everything that I wish I had uh but could never play with. And I remember having that and being like, are you sure like you want me to play with this? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I'll never forget how special that felt in that moment. That as a 14 year old kid, an adult was like Hey man, come join us. We'd Dri- love for you to play with us and, and drive my drive my, my deck, ca- drive my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so um, I guess like to me, that's a that's like a, a like having positive role models who aren't your age, having a strong community where you feel accepted and celebrated. Um, there's a couple communities that were really important for me growing up, um, like that. So mm. when you talk about community, like that's the first thing that comes to mind. The other community that was really positive for me, uh, and I'm going to talk about, I hope that's okay, is oh, ball hockey. So yeah. like street hockey. So um, down the street from where I grew up, there's a little court. And um, at one o'clock on Saturday, the time has changed now in 1992, I probably played my first ball hockey game with a bunch of adults in the neighborhood. And mm. um there's a few of them. They're really special people. And they were in their thirties. I have to imagine at the time I would have been 12 or 13. And, um, the score is four, four. It has been for 30 plus years now, 35 years. Mm. Um, no one ever counts goals and everyone tries their hardest. Um, but they invite anyone who walks by to play and it's positivity it's laughs it's jokes it's when the ball gets stuck in the ivy it's ivy league when it goes into bush it's bush league when when you're new and you've shown up an hour late and you got fresh legs so you're at, everyone's at a disadvantage they they call you a fresh legger we have denis who's from quebec with his thick accent um you know every time anything good in the game happens everyone yells Wah! which is like and it's so when i was 18 and dating my wife we'd be driving down the street and some like 40 year old dude in a van would yell out the window to me, you know, and you'd yell back. And those spaces were like for a sensitive little kid, like they were so formative and so exciting. Mm. And I didn't reflect on how great they were until I was older. Right. I was about to make that observation. Like they, those they things, were so, you, you don't realize what they are until like 10 plus years later. And you're like, Oh wow. Like that was exactly formative is the word. Like it's, it's, they were really foundational for, for developing that and then understanding what a community is and why you want to create them or like, you know, create positive experiences in one and, and also what to look for in a way. 
Yeah. And we can be negative. Like people at ball hockey get into arguments and like, <laughs> push each other around and swear at each other. You know, it happens. Um, like in the magic community or Hearthstone, like I find myself, I'm an emotional person. Yeah. F this card. I hate this card. Get this out of the game. Oh, I love this card the next mm. day. You know, like I do that. A lot of people do. And I think it's being aware and calling yourself on it, but also like having friends who will be like, oh, shut up. Ha ha. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just keeping it real, real kind of thing but, too. And it was very funny to hear on the Sculchcast that like Hearthstone is a direct parallel with Magic and the same issues are going on and the same people. Just, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just a byproduct of people getting together and, and, and being passionate about a thing. Like yeah. realistically, like it's just people will blow up about the, the small things sometimes and you're like, ah, and you're like, ah, oh, guess what? Another week of everyone blowing up in the Hearthstone community. I'm like, yeah, it's the same <laughs> in Magic, right? <laughs> oh, it's the worst it's ever been right now. They oh, really worked all the reward system and oh, no. it looks like people are get are. Get, it looks like Hearthstone's going to cost more. Yeah. And and so but the message from Hearthstone has been that it it should um be a positive change for everybody, but it's to me it's obfuscation and that's mm. fine. It's uh, people are way overreacting though. You know how people are. It's awful. It's toxic. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's just <laughs> Shaglet's jeweled lotus, yeah. Mm. Uh, And then it makes me not want to complain because I'm like, I don't want to be on these people's teams. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Exactly. No, I I like that parallel there too. Uh, You you talk about the hockey as well, that it's an inclusivity thing that's... uh, Yes. It's not not gatekeeping. And, And gatekeeping is a theme I keep going back to is something I absolutely despise in life. And I just, I don't think it, it belongs whatsoever and, and entitlement and that kind of thing that you'll exclude people. And we, we can totally, we can totally self-regulate in a, in a game of commander and invite someone in who's, who's got a pre-con or like it's their first time playing and they don't like, it's, it's up to you to just like to, to make that environment oh. uh, to make someone welcome and feel like they're going to be part of the game. And they're not, you know, like, one of I my favorite I- games from the past year in like February, I was in the gray Havens playing commander at like midnight, one in the morning. And this 20 year old guy, his first ever EDH deck, he got the Angers, uh, pre-con oh, yeah. Falcon Wrath. Yeah. Falcon Wrath. And, um, we played a game and, um, he came second. He was super excited. We played another game and it was me and Adam, the owner and, and him and another player. And we knocked the other player up pretty quick. And then the whole game was essentially Adam and I going back and forth, um, just trying to gain control of the game. And we got to the point where at one point I felt awful. We actually forgot he was in the game. And <laughs> like, it felt really bad, but he was like, he kept a two land hand and he didn't know he wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. And so he had two lands this whole game. And I finally wrestled control of the game from Adam and I killed Adam, but I was at three life. And on that turn, he drew a land played it and dealt me three damage and yes. won the game yes. and his face dude he was so stoked he had gone <laughs> 12 12 ish turns without drawing a third land had played like two cards the whole game and then won the game and he he just like you know this 20 year old i want to say kid i know he's not a kid it's an adult but this 20 year old guy his fir- his first ever night playing and he wins the second game ever he was just like yeah it was awesome it was awesome. That's so good. And, and like, that actually reminds me too of, I've, I've spoken about it a couple of times, but my experience getting into magic, uh, I was 25, I think. And it was, 
it was the first like my career was going okay i was doing pretty well in like other things that i I tend to assign value and like you know self-gratification in in life like basketball surfing whatever like these things i feel pretty good about and i'm like cool well this is my new hobby i'm getting into this and and one of the most like like just you know bad taste in mouth moments was there was a certain game store in melbourne i went to and i had some of my first examples of commander there and all of a sudden you're you like it's a difference of being making like being made to feel like you are like Last literally thing. literally a child and and you're you're inferior and you're just learning like oh well, I can talk down to you and crush you whatever and like oh you you're wasting people's time and that kind of stuff like it's it's yeah. it's it's one of the most horrible feelings ever and and I hadn't had that for a long time it took me off guard because I was like whoa 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 like I like to think I'm, <laughs> I, I've, I've got so far in life, but like I, hey, it's made complex in me my whole life anyway. It's like, you know, am, am I, do I feel old enough? I still feel like a kid. I'm 31. Like it's just, you know, yeah. there's that side to it. There's only sometimes. <laughs> I feel I, that I, so I, hard, I, yeah, It's only some days I feel like I've partially got my adult hat on and, and being a responsible, like, you know, mm-hmm. smart, wise, whatever, and, and, and just a patient person like but yeah it's it that was always the thing i'm like and i'm I'm glad i didn't quit then but i know people that have because yeah. they're made to feel really well, and, really crappy like and it's, it's <laughs> and, and and never mind the 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 systemic structures of that as well well right? yeah like yeah so as a cis white male like walking into a store and feeling that is almost crippling for me the social anxiety like yeah. i can't but never mind walking and seeing like no one like yourself. And a lot of these spaces where I'm from, that's what they feel like, or they have felt mm. like in the past. Oh and, yeah. Like, and um, I talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, you know this, it, is this a welcome place for, uh, this should bloody be a welcome place for everyone. And then like, and it's, it's, it's still, it irks me that, you know, that it is majority white males playing this game. And it's like, that needs to change. Like you, and you, it what, needs to be a welcome place for everyone. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and getting hit with that feeling and already feeling out of play, like, you know, I don't know. It's I've even seen it. So the- one of the things I was oh, going to... Go for it, go for it. Oh, go ahead. So I was just going to say, like, move ahead. Like, so I stopped playing Magic in, like, 2001-ish, and I sold my collection in, like, 2008, hmm. which is an awful memory. Um, <laughs> did you there's a skeleton be like my in. friends the- never play anymore that was it right it was yeah, like yeah. my friends never play what am i gonna go try and make new friends at like 30 years old that's that's 27 like no that's so i sold it and i bought some dominion uh boxes of dominion which is a great deck building game as well oh yeah, yeah. and um, uh, speaking of uh, spending your money on a uh a spell book or whatever like you know you'll probably you might actually get more out of a box of dominion like for sure that's a great game it's fantastic and <laughs> And, um, uh, yeah, I guess in like, um, 2015 or 2016, uh, you know, my son Nate is five or six at that point. Um, I've been working since 2010 on my career and, um, I was sick one day and I downloaded Hearthstone on my phone cause I like, wow, <laughs> back in the day. And, um, man, that just like, and immediately was like, you know, I, I tried some of like the magic, um, like video game stuff and it it just never caught me the way magic did i was always like eh, i don't like this yeah and uh hearthstone did though hearthstone it, it's such a good game and I, I get so much like snobby responses from magic players about it it's hilarious oh, like, i still find know, that I'm on, hilarious i'm on and, lexicon yeah. and brandon sneers he's like he has a heart <laughs> i know it's playful <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like and hey that's the whole thing too it's like it's, it's this inferior like copycat version of the game we play and it's like no i think they like, intrinsically yeah. lead into it each is other. a copy 
I mean, yeah, but like, I think in a way that's like, it's not, it's transparent. Like, it's, it's, you know, they, they borrow things off each other sometimes. But yeah, the difference being that Hearthstone is digital first too. And they, they were able to make a lot of decisions early on, uh, that, that go, well, these don't have to, represent in a physical card game we can we can do these and as far as i know correct correct me if i'm speaking out of out of turn because i i don't know i haven't played hearthstone but this is what i hear i guess and Mm. and i imagine the the mana system is beautiful in hearthstone oh no you just get a mana every turn so like people i always hear from magic players this is the one place where i'm gonna come down on magic players i always hear i don't want to play hearthstone there's too much rng look at all these random cards that do random things Mm. and i'm like yeah if you take uh and 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 someone who champions this thought all the time is magic hall of fame player brian kibler Mm -hmm. which is if you take all the random cards in hearthstone and hold them up against land draw in 1v1 magic (laughs) yeah it doesn't even come close land draw for non-games is way more rng than hearthstone is i'm just thinking that um, so the lsv game where he lost on game five and it was yeah i remember watching that and he's just mulliganing and mulliganing and you're like oh (laughs) exactly so hard um and so for me there are non-games in hearthstone there's lots of random things that go on it's a card game and and Mm -hmm. it's built that way um but 1v1 the mana system feels a lot better to me there are things i like 1v1 better in magic as well i'm not that guy who's saying like this game is way better than that um but um but to me what do what do i love about magic is like for the idea that we can do kitchen table magic is that's what i want i want more than two players um yeah yeah because that that adds an element that is is compounded in we've spoke about it before but it's it's an element that is just absolute it's the board game element i've always thought about it as it 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 creates dynamics of teamwork and then animosity and yeah it's 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 infinite it's amazing and and then the opportunities, of course, in Magic, in, in, over the history of Magic, and, like, Hearthstone is very limited for, like, you have mm. creatures and weapons and spells and that's it, right? And and so, like, everyone can have such a different deck in EDH. And then if you do have a crap land draw, like, that is policed because no one's going to come after you when you don't have enough lands. Like, exactly. everyone's going to give you space and time. Yeah. Um, whereas in that 1v1 competitive atmosphere, I find that the more competitive a game is the more competitive i get and i will Mm. eventually get competitive to a place where i'm not happy with who i become (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you guys feel that i don't know i I haven't done the competitive thing for quite a while but i i do i always love draft on a wednesday night as a way to just like try and play as best as i could and i do creative stuff for sure because i think the two things aren't mutually uh, exclusive like creativity and uh, objectively you know best uh competitively whatever but draft was always one that like that taught me about fundamental mechanics of the game and and how to make good decisions and i I got okay at it like i was i was known as like you know i i always did i was in the top three usually in the the draft um and mind you we got we ended up doing and we had a cool little meta actually and i I keep talking to those guys a lot but it was we ended up doing a lot of chaos drafts of all things and we actually like to the point where people say chaos draft isn't fun whatever it's just like you play vanilla two twos and i'm like no we we got it down to like chaos draft 
became an art. You can play a really good Golgari deck. You can play a good Tempo deck, like in Jeskai. There's and then the the I've said it before. Like what what pack you bring to the table was also a gesture in a really cool way because everyone chose different packs and that became like such a joy to me. But it's like it was fun, but it was that combination that is still playing to absolutely win. Uh, and not to say Commander doesn't have that. I it's just winning means something different. I think winning to me we've talked we'll talk about this anyway, but winning is doing something cool and not necessarily like winning the actual end of the game, you know, and, and winning is interacting mm-hmm. for me for sure. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's no, nothing I love more than doing my powerful thing and then like losing in the moment I lose, exactly. I don't feel good, exactly. but then I'm like reflect and I'm like, that's awesome. Like and, and price of progress. Yeah. No, and I'm all mad. And then like 20 seconds later, I'm like, that was pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and, and that's, I think that's, that's, that's the bit that if people, uh, having trouble doing that it's it's one to to continue to uh reflect on and build on to go hey look why are these guys and that's all i ever want to promote like why are these and- guys having so much fun and it's because that is the heart of i mean for me it's command means different things to different people but like, but you give- essentially have this format right like what you're talking about is we have this format where in card games this is to me unheard of mm. um, in many video games. It's unheard of. Yeah. We essentially have this format where 90% of the people and agree with curating the community in a certain way, which is kind of what I was talking about yeah. where it's not about competition. And the, like, I don't see that. That's kind of like my ball hockey game. I never really thought about this actually. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's always four, four in Crescent. My favorite thing is when people show up to that ball hockey game and they start keeping score, like new players, no one ever explains it to them. People are just like, nah, it's four, four dude. Yeah. And then like, you keep playing and they're like, wait, what? It's like that's there's this whole you walk into a place and you play commander and it's more than likely the spikier player who's like win at all costs. I'm I'm not here to have a good time. They're going to be kind of the one who's like, oh, you're doing this wrong. Whereas you talked about before where it's like, why are you making that play? You don't understand magic. You're doing this wrong. It's like, it's it's like the other way around. The shoe is flipped. It's kind of cool. I I like that. That's a fantastic analogy because it goes back to like my, my favorite times playing basketball ever. Well, not when there was a game on the line, it was playing in the schoolyard and it was every recess, every lunchtime we, we played basketball and it was the pickup games. We, it was, wasn't about keeping score. It was about the game. And it was about like, you're playing for the, the reason of playing the game and and it's about doing something cool whatever and it's like that was you're you're thriving off that and i think that's that's always what i want to promote that yeah someone's got to win the game and that is good and that is but it's one hmm. part it's only one part i think that's it like it's yeah you, you build your your deck to be that is essentially like ultimately your objective like you know you still want to win the game at some stage but for sure uh, but maybe I, just I think, don't do it on turn two yeah it's like not in a way that like i don't know it, it kind of not in the way that puts that above everything else and and because it's, yeah it's inclusivity at the end of the day but yeah the, the hockey analogy is amazing it's so true it's it's like some and and the game does mean different things to be different people of course but there's the objective of winning and you know playing for that and and some people have a different relationship with reward and objective and i think that's the mm-hmm. key to, like but i just always i, I want to promote just just have a look at it and, and think about what actually makes it fun and yeah i go back to what davey said and he, also he goes think of the best games you've ever played did you win do you remember <laughs> yeah you and know? also a big part of that too though is like i understand i'm a competitive person at heart yeah. and I don't like that. I don't enjoy when I get in that headspace, <laughs> but I do go there because I'm an emotional person. I don't know why I, I do go there. Yeah. And so 
Um, I'm this way about a lot of things. I, I talk a lot. I'm very verbose. When I get nervous, I talk even more, Me which too, is yeah. weird. Um, but, um, and I reflect and I actually, a lot of the people I'm drawn to and I really respect are quiet people who share their thoughts when they need to. You know, I really respect a lot of people who aren't competitive. My favorite people to game with are people who are just there to have fun. And so I've, I try to to kind of just make changes in, in how I do things to, yeah. to embrace that. Cause I enjoy it more, but it's, I'm kind of fighting against my nature sometimes and that's okay to call yeah. it out and to work that way. Right. Yeah. I've, I find that two different sensations for sure, but I always look to uh, speaking, being quiet at the moment, Chesh to, to the way <laughs> Chesh is an incredible card game player. Like it just, you, you set your mind to something and you have a, a mind to kind of figure out how to do it very well, but also the, incredibly aware of what you're getting out of it and, uh, and, and not being tone deaf and being timely with the way you approach it, which is commander is like commander is a completely different game to you. And, and the way you approach that creatively than it is when you're trying to like, you know, you're, you're going to a tournament and I know you have a lot more experience doing that kind of side of things than I do for sure. So you still there, Chesh? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Chesh, yeah, Chesh, do you want to... Chesh is like the, 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 like, what do I always say to, I always say, if you know a really tough person, they don't talk about being tough, right? So, so Chesh is essentially what you're telling me is he's, he's the card player who showed up on the lexicon stream with a pre-con, right? So he doesn't need to show (laughs) off with his deck, but he's a good player, right? Like that's it's like, that's not. That's not entirely wrong. The person who tells you they're amazing at poker, it's like, I, well, you're not the best. I remember the first, the first Lexicon stream I showed up to, I can't remember what deck I was playing, but it was absolutely underpowered and I knew it because... Was it Obu? Was, specific- was that your first? No. no. no I'll wait for that. No, I've been playing with, with those guys for like a year or so. Yeah. Um... But I, I no, the Oboon deck is way too open. Don't even get me started on how great that deck is really yeah. straight out of the box. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The, the fact that I can wipe an entire <laughs> an entire game of people with all of these like super hotted up decks, and I'm here like I changed like five cards in, and I just whooped all your asses. <laughs> yeah, I jash. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, but no, like I, I yeah. I'm not the person who I don't need a grandstand. I want to do like one really cool thing. And if I win, I win. And if I don't, I don't. Or if Brandon's there, I beat Brandon <laughs> and I'm happy. Naturally. Um, yeah. Hashtag backstabber. You know, you are, um, but I, ha- at the hashtag end of the day, kill Brandon first hashtag <laughs> pretty never much. trust Brandon. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and I always talk about my philosophy, my philosophy with playing commander is, are we all having fun and able to play the game? Yeah. Yeah. Once we hit uh, turn ten or after warp speed. Oh yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. you've you've had your time to com- to enjoy. You've had your uh, fun, and you know you should have gotten to do your cool thing by now. And if you haven't by turn ten, then what's your deck actually doing other than dirtling? I oh, yeah. <laughs> um, And if I can kill you, I will kill you. By There's then. no feel bads after just... turn ten, exactly. Yeah, that's fine, but. What's yeah. that turn number really though? Is that turn number like realistic? It depends on the pod, right? Like mm. that's the It depends on the pod. That's um true. generally speaking, you could consider ten turn ten is actually turn forty. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because there's been forty turns in the game. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's been 40 turns. What have you done? Yeah. What have you accomplished? I was not thinking that. I, what, I, what I think even like seven or eight, a seven or eight these days is enough, you know? Like, I think that's actually a lot longer than it, se- than it sounds like. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, that's what I was just thinking. To me, if it's turn six, turn seven, turn eight, it's like people should be starting to try and do their thing at that point. Oh, uh, yeah. To finish yeah. it. Exactly. Make a million yeah. ponies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, storm, storm her well, time. The one thing I'll say is if you are, and I'm going to say this and people aren't going to be happy, but if you are <laughs> you hear, my friend. one of the one of the assholes who go out of their way to have some shitty two-card infinite combo, guess what? Good for you. No one wants to play magic with you because uh, you, you are the definition of a problem when it comes well, to command. Unless it is that environment where that's what everyone's gunning for, you know, like it's, yeah, but that's not what we're talking oh, about. No, 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 but yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the point. Like that doesn't even matter. Right. The point that matters here is that that's not the environment I play yeah. in. And if you come to my table with your two card combo, yeah, with and, eight, and with thirteen get, tutors to find it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like absolutely super consistent early on. Um, I'm I'm gonna go out of my way to fucking destroy <laughs> you. Because it's and if you bring it up and you say that you've got it in there, you damn right I'm gonna try and interrupt your combo as much as I can, and then I'm going to destroy totally. you because. The reason to play magic is because we all want to have fun. If if you don't want to have fun and your fun is winning, you're at the wrong table. You're actually probably playing the wrong type of commander. You should yeah. probably be looking at playing 1v1 commander. And, and I, I, I want to add there that I think there's actually there's a pathway, though, with the first few years even playing the game that some people go, maybe it's influenced by the people they play around, whatever, but they can fall into a metric that is that is the goal, you know, and like that's, oh, I've got to do this to one up the person in my play group. And that's the whole thing. Like I've heard that story a million times that everyone just starts pushing each other up in the play group to try and outdo what the other person's doing, whatever. And that, that can quickly devolve into infinite combos. But the issue is when you take that to another table and you haven't spoken to anyone there and like, what are you adding to the table then when you're playing solitaire and you're not having a discussion with anyone or, you know, uh, yeah. I'll go back to two, those cards that, doesn't matter what they do if they get someone else talking that's getting people involved and it's like a fact or fiction or something and like that's what it's about like you know like if you have to rely on infinite combos to win you need to learn how to play magic and reassess what it is you want out of <laughs> yeah. commander and it's that as we say anyway like it is just, just the win. It's, it's, it's also that it's the winning at you, all costs you might like, want to win and that's fine okay you might want to win and that's fine but if you want to win by using infinite combos, then that's the point where you need to figure out how to actually play magic. And it's not a slight on you saying you're you're a noob or anything like that. That is quite literally just you don't need infinite combos to win in Commander. No. What you need to do is you need to play the table. You need to play it well. You need to learn the politics of the table and how to bend those politics to your yeah. win. And then you need to learn how to take advantage of players at the table correctly. You also need to learn threat assessment to know who you should be taking out and what you should be taking out. Oh, I'm terrible at that. Because that person at 40 life with <laughs> one creature is it. fine. 
when you're staring down the person who's on 15 life but has like a board of eight creatures, guess which one is the one you're supposed to be killing? Yeah. Not the person at the highest life, but you've got the highest. No, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> that is not correct. You I need to threat the answer assess is Brandon. At 15 yeah, life exactly. Correct. Exactly. The answer is Brandon. <laughs> no, but I, I think, um, I think too, like one of the things in, in magic that like always tries to like, I, I don't. Uh, one of the things that's not my favorite thing in Magic is just how easy it is to to build a deck where like your power isn't visible on the board. <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's why people get frustrated with blue. But I, you know, you're talking about that chess, and and the thing I really click with there for me is like, what do I love about card games? I love the gamble of drawing off the top, yeah. and then I love the puzzle of all of those things put together and figuring out what the heck to do with what's in my hand. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons that I just, I really don't love tutors. <laughs> not my well, favorite. Chesh put me around to this one because I, I often now <laughs> use about, it's about finding a card for me to, to do a thing I designed it to do, which is the tainted remedy thing. But yeah, I, yeah. I felt that way for the longest time and I still, I still don't really play them much. And it's like, it's, and it, but it's, it's not as black and white for me now. I realize and Chesh has put me under sure. this. It's not as black and white to go. This is uh, optimally to, to make it a higher, more higher powered deck to do a find a combo piece it's it's using toolbox reasons these days and and i still and maybe I, that's why i feel that way right is when i yeah. first started playing there was a lot of combo at the table i was at and it was just like okay we get it you tutor for the same thing every game yeah then, exactly right? like, exactly yeah but yeah. yeah yeah that's the thing like i i probably should actually do a whole article and tutoring and and why yeah. and the the mindset behind it because there's a lot of people out there who are under the misconception that the only reason you tutor is for your infinite combo. Yep, exactly. Again, exactly. no, you're playing the wrong game. Um, the only reason I tutor is because I want to make my deck more consistent. Mm. No, that's also not the reason for tutors. <laughs> but that's why. The, that's how a lot of people play them, though, right? Correct. Yeah, so, But the chef's kiss is I use tutors to toolbox for that particular situation yeah. so I can find that one silver bullet that I know is somewhere in my deck so I can stop this person's obscure thing from doing what it does. I'm running one card that I know can absolutely disrupt this, yeah. but I don't have it in my hand. That's it's one of it's wild My card. favorite tutor I ever pulled off was I was at a table at the LGS and a guy was playing um, uh, Jund Graveyard Planeswalker Commander. Um, uh, Lord Wingrace? Lord Wingrace. Yeah. And was absolutely the threat. Had half his deck in his graveyard and then cast uh, uh, D-Toots. And um, mm. I had a reverberate in my hand. So I copied it and I went and got... Uh, I had Ashiok in my deck. Nice! And uh, I copied it and exiled his graveyard. And he was just like, well done. <laughs> I, think I went and got Ashiok. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll never yeah. forget that. I was just like, oh, yeah. man. It's, it's a, yeah. uh, and, some, and that's, that's the better reason to run tutors. If someone casts Tempt, uh, Tempt for Discovery or whatever, and they look for whatever lands they're looking for, and you go find a strip mine or something, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. with their well, own effect. It's, like. it's funny. So um, I've got to remember what the card is. Uh, it's hybrid, Demir, so blue-black and a colorless. Uh, I think it was Flash, and uh, when your opponents are drawing cards, you draw those cards instead. Oh, Notion uh, Thief? Uh, Notion Thief, yeah. Notion yeah. Thief, thank yeah. you. I love that card. Yeah. yeah. So 
one of my favorite ones was tutoring uh, in my uh, Eureka deck for Notion Thief when somebody was about to draw a whole bunch of cards and they were like, yeah, I'm just going to draw 20 cards. And I'm like, hang on a second, tutor Notion Thief, thanks for the cards. Touche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that kind of thing is just, it made, like, it's an awesome talking point for the game. It made this, like, really cool effect happen. You know, I was able to say, like, my deck did this really unexpected thing, which is really cool. So, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's more about using the tutors effectively rather than, like, using them as just yeah, a tool to get your combos yeah, yeah, off. Yeah. But I think for me, what I, I guess where I was going with that is, like, for me, it kind of, it can at times take away from that weird, awkward puzzle um yeah and that weird awkward puzzle gets really terrible when no one at the table has an answer to a dovescape right or like no one at that <laughs> sorry sure yeah. then that then that weird awkward puzzle isn't as fun but when players legitimately like stuff their decks full of tutors so that they don't have to engage in the weird awkward puzzle it's not i'm not like the kind of person who's like it's the wrong way to play magic don't do that i'm not that kind of person i i, I, I hope i never become that person hmm. for me it's just like i don't see that doesn't seem nearly as fun for me as being like okay these are the cards i got this game how do i go? yeah yeah i don't I, know i you, you i think it's you're weird. um you're one of a few people who've they've called this a puzzle which i really appreciate and i can't remember who the other one was but it's it's the way i like to think of it too and i think about what magic does in deck building and also playing as a stimulation and it's it's that puzzle you know you're putting things together and that's that's ultimately you know that drive for sure like that a lot and and the paths you can go down mm, like totally. some people talk like games are decided based on draw and sometimes they are but the amount of different decisions you can make with a seemingly linear hand is unbelievable oh, if yeah, you sit down yeah. and start breaking it down with with multiple people around how a game went and to me that's really visible in hearthstone where there are less options and mm. you have less cards in your deck and it's easier to read hands and it's and that game is crazy complicated like people are always like, oh, it's so simple, blah blah blah, and it's like, mm, let's play a few games together and then go over how simple it is. <laughs> like, mm, exactly. You know. Um, oh, card games are beautiful, right? They're so beautiful. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the perfect uh, perfect statement to round out that that main kind of chunk of of content we just kind of ran through. But um, yeah, to to also like uh, discuss and 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 kind of figure out what the the synthesis between yeah Hearthstone and magic is with you and and you know it's always worth just digging into that and going well what can i learn from that too and and i think that was that was a, a great discussion so thanks guys that was awesome cool um i have a next section now of course uh that this is this was joel's request uh and i i'm all for it and i'm i can't wait for this, this is awesome um but we're going to take a, a a leaf out of the, the squelch cast book and um have a bit of fun with with the game we play it's fun you know I think I didn't say it before, but something I really appreciate is you guys uh, start your podcast with it's a it's a card game. It's meant to be fun. Like it's yeah. is yeah. That the, Hearthstone is, that, is a game and games are meant to be fun. Yeah, yeah that's Dan's Dan's baby. And that it's is a wonderful motto. That's yeah. that's such a good like <laughs> mantra to, to remember. You know, and if in doubt about the way you're approaching this card game, and and like that's that's kind of it and and the heart of that actually manifests in a uh, some fun segments you guys do in your episodes where you play with lore and you play with the characters in the game and you'll you'll do a better job of explaining this and then lead us into this but um you you're kind of appropriated this for for magic i guess in um in what we're going to have a bit of fun with right now for sure so uh lead yeah. us into it Joel. what are we what are we doing 
Sure. Um, well, one thing I'll just say about that is like, yeah, we try and play games. We do stupid stuff. We, we tend to say we have a stupid podcast. It's definitely <laughs> stupid. And so like we'll do things. We have like riddles where the listeners will write riddles and we have to try and guess what card they're talking about or mm-hmm. like, you know, dumb stuff like that. But this one is one Matt at Arms came up with a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, maybe a couple months ago. And we call it uh, which um this hearthstone hero of warcraft but we'll call this this magic the gathering commander and <laughs> essentially we're going to go through some social situations and behaviors of people and you two and then hopefully the <laughs> listeners can decide for themselves which uh magic the gathering commander they think this describes the best and yeah. we just kind of have fun with narratives so this was the gas station in edition or what i've learned is the petrol station or, the, or in australia the server <laughs> exactly like yeah we had it we had a big discussion of uh, petrol versus gas of course being australia versus uh you know uh, i was gonna say north america but yeah like i was surprised you guys still call it gas in canada but like Go figure, you know. I don't know. Do they call it? Do they not call it gas? They call it gas in the United now States, we, right? Uh yeah. So they call it, they call it gas in the states too. But it's it's more yeah. that it's always a funny one because it's clearly it's not a gas. You know, the actual substance. It's a it's a yeah. Pe- you're, <laughs> it's petroleum. Yeah. Like yeah. It's but yeah. Always find that funny. But gas gas doesn't mean gas. It means gasoline. Well, right? yeah, exactly. It's just it's just yeah. <laughs> not, we not, we not could here, we could we yes. could have some massive etymology <laughs> chats for sure, man. <laughs> Like I never thought about the fact. Like, uh, hard state. debate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your argument is invalid. Gas is what escapes from my rectum. <laughs> That's a great lead-in. Okay, so I'm going to describe a customer uh, in the gas station, and you guys are going to have to tell me which commander you think that is. Okay. Yeah. So this Magic the Gathering commander walks into the gas station, moves straight to the Slurpee machine, picks the flavor that is visibly just liquid in the machine, absolutely no ice, proceeds to fill four large Slurpee cups, lines them up across the coffee counter... Then walks back to the front counter and says, hey, you need to fix the banana slushy. It looks like something's wrong with it. Ooh. All right. I, I'm going to scroll through. So so difficult, like a little bit just like uh, walk in and, and just expect everyone to, you know, ooh, ooh, okay. Or, or like, you know, like they, the, like it's clearly not working. Why do you keep pouring cups of slurpee when it's clearly not working? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I have one for this, and it's going to be based off of art. Yeah, go for uh, it. And that's going to be Grumgully the Thanos <laughs> because of that big shit-eating grin. Just, just is absolutely like Goblin Shaman just going, hey, this machine is fucked. <laughs> Look at all these cups that I just pulled. It doesn't work. I need to fix it. I love that. I would, and he just like got out of his crappy Commodore and like beaten up, and he's just like it's the it's the whole. I <laughs> I talked about this before, but the levels of entitlement that it Commodore. No, 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 no. VW van. VW van. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of these shitty old surf fans with the like the bad fake wood paneling. I uh, I was because the way I love read it. that in a weird way, not talking and not thinking about the uh, the drink too much, but I got the the other side of that, which is the Karen vibe, which is just like i need to talk to your manager it doesn't work like uh, and like I, I i need a bit of a you know i need i need a, to be compensated for this and like how dare you have a service that doesn't work in your store like and and like and next thing you know she's not wearing a mask too but um uh, i say it doesn't have to be she no way uh but who is who looks a little bit entitled oh, and um, i I, I i'm looking for a karen 
I, I, okay, yeah. my my looking through right now, I think I found one in Tassiger the Golden Fangs. Was that the case? You said banana? Shirt off, hand out, like, your Slurpee machine isn't working. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for working with me on that one. That's very, But yeah, like I say, you said banana at the end, right? Yeah, I don't know. So banana that's I'm that's sorry. the hint. Like, ta- Tassiger well, and bananas. I mean, so. But one could also go with um, Maloku, the clouded mirror. Yeah. With the, like, very Karen look and the crossed arms <laughs> and the, like, this isn't good enough. I love it. I love it. I love. I I will never get over uh, Grum Gully's face. It's so good. It's like that's that's why it's a (laughs) gif in Lexicon as well. Anyway, yeah. All right. Next one. Next one. Joel, love this. All right. This Magic the Gathering commander buys two extra large coffees for themselves, each with five creams and five sugars. Whoa. All right. Five creams. Five. Just. Just. Just turbo. Uh, I'm just trying to think. We had so many what customers kind of, like this at the gas station. What kind of line of what kind of line of work they in? That kind of thing. It's like, do they they think they have to drink coffee as a social thing, like as a society how, thing? Maybe it's just like how late did they stay up the night before? Oh yeah, they? yeah, true, true. That's uh, but like five creams and five sugars. It's got to be Obnix, right? <laughs> like you oh, can Nixilis. choose any of Nixilis. That's got to be of Nixilis. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. More coffee. Never <laughs> enough coffee. <laughs> what? No. But <laughs> twisted. I will slay all of you humans for more coffee. Twi- I've been awake for an eternity. I reckon Obnixilis is getting just smashing two super large black coffees, or he just bought the whole Monster Energy drink fridge. <laughs> he's he's twisted and and corrupted from years of two extra large five times creams and sugars coffees yeah yeah i i'm trying to think what kind of character would have yeah two massive coffees with with five creams five sugars it's just into is it like someone i like to say someone who's a bit younger and they're getting into coffee and they're like oh that's the way i enjoy it you gotta have five creams five sugars i'm like no you can just enjoy the coffee but like it's post- like it's posturing what's that Sorry. yeah but then you've got to look at a hero so i think you're gonna to have to look at something like captain Caesar. yeah 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 right because Can- because okay so the explanation here is five creams would make it extreme like the the drink would be extremely light and white the amount of sugar is well as it sounds it's sugary right so it makes it means that the person's probably like extremely sweet like unbearably oh, sweet, like, full sweet. Of and, and fucking also cuteness. to the point of you just want to strangle to the, them. to the point of Left to the point safe. of passive passive aggression that's what I was getting at. I was, I was thinking of someone in an office setting that like, ah, oh, and brags about how many coffees they've had that day, that kind of thing. Rather than, I mean, I think you're alluding to going the hangover route, which is equally funny. But I'm trying to find someone who's that office worker who's just like, well, I've only, I've had six coffees this morning and I hate to Karen it up a little bit again, but like it's, it's maybe, and again, it doesn't, no way it has to be a female. What whatever, about, but, um, uh, what about Kin and Bonder Prodigy? Detention. <laughs> oh yeah, like the eighteen-year-old wow. construction worker just learning from the other guys yeah, is exactly. what you do. Like, you know, oh, I, learn to, I, I love co- also, I love coffee. It's but it's got to have five sugars, five cream, like far in. <laughs> Plus, yeah. also, there's something about him like being a ridiculous broken ramp commander that just works with the two extra large coffees. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna say that, then let's let's go perforous the bronze blooded, right? <laughs> 
Because not only is uh, Perforos giving other creatures haste because of the amount of fucking sugar <laughs> yeah. in those coffees. Actually, no, you know what, Shesh? I think you're right there. <laughs> Perforos is bringing people in and giving them coffees for, like, two colours and a red, yeah. right? Perforos, <laughs> Perforos is the guy at the party who's had, like, shotgun six beers in the first half hour, and he's like, Kevin, you gotta meet Anthony over here! <laughs> <laughs> Look at Rahala! Look at Rahala! Bring me yeah. a cake! Hey, you like Star Wars and you like Star Wars. You've never met. <laughs> and just like a tradie and just like doing things large, you know, it's just, it's it's exactly that. It's like, oh, I love coffee. I think I've even heard them. I'll have, yeah, that's this many cream and sugar. And it's like, well, where's the coffee? It's it's not even there anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a sugar bomb. And then hence like the monster energy thing too. So I think I'm trying to cool. find my, uh, my, my office worker for my reasoning, but um, uh, where's a good one? Mm. It's probably like a uh, oh, what's her name? The policewoman. Um, oh, blue what about Azorius? Oh, uh, she she detains things. Oh, um, she seems like a bit of a like a, a, a yeah. mid-level marketing. <laughs> like <you> Lavinia. Know, <laughs> Lavinia. L- Lavinia. Oh, this Lavinia. Oh, yeah. It is that Lavinia, isn't it? Yeah. And there's a there's a second mm-hmm. Lavinia. Yeah, that scene that scene's it. Like she's a bit just just working to the constructs of, you know, the workplace she works in and, and just living that life and, you know, got to smash six coffees and but they're, they're ultimately <laughs> sugary and creamy. I like that. <laughs> cool. uh, All right, here's, here's the next one. This Magic the Gathering commander comes in plastered drunk at midnight, uses the deodorant and puts it back on the shelf. Oh, this is great. This is great. And it's just, yeah, and it just probably walks out or gets a toasty or something. Um, mm, mm. All right, all right. Bruce, Bruce Tull. Yeah, Bruce Tull's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you got to pay for that. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Oh, oh, that actually <laughs> happened to me at like midnight-ish when I was working there, and I just charged them for it, and they never noticed. <laughs> wow. wow. Yes. <laughs> I I have some shocking stories about working um, at, at a Seven Eleven. Uh, sorry, it was a night owl, but same same thing. Um, uh, okay, so we had a, a group of uh, Asian kids come in. They would be about the same age as me at the time, so they're in their twenties. Um, none of them spoke a lick of fucking English at all. <laughs> you know, fine, that's fine. I understand. Like, you're probably on an exchange visa or something like that. I, I don't know what the story there is, whatever. So they turn up in this car that is, like, uh, the classic, like, you would imagine in an anime, like, a, a, oh, what was the car anime Initial called? D. Tenacious, not Tenacious D. <laughs> Tenacious D, Initial D. D. yes. So Initial D. This car pulls up into the car park, and all you hear is that, yeah, <laughs> you hear that from oh, the yeah, engine, yeah, yeah. like the NOS or whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. A blow off valve, I don't do sure. cars. Yeah. yeah, anyway, they all come in and they're all looking around the store, and then one of them approaches and just goes, mm, Whippy. What? <laughs> what to you? And it's like, you can, it's self serve, though. Yes. No, no, it's not self serve. Oh, okay. Why would it be self serve? Oh, I don't know. It's not soft oh, serve. The soft serve. Oh, You're thinking was, of the yeah, wrong I was thing. Thinking of the- Whippy canisters. Oh, oh, they want nangs. Oh man, and, and he's like whippy, and I'm like, oh, I know where this yeah. is going. So I pull the bulbs down, and I'm like, how many? <laughs> mm, all. And I went, all right. So I just pull the massive box up. Bam! Charge them. They're out of there. I see them sitting around in the car park, and designated drivers overlooking everyone, which is fine. 
but the rest of them are just hammering these little fucking whippy bottles. I kid you not. And it was the weirdest night. Second weirdest night, really. The, the first weirdest is the Germans that I'll tell you at some point. Um, but it was the weirdest night because they were hammering them back and then the police turn up. <laughs> and I have never seen a group of kids jump in a car <laughs> so fast and accelerate out of a car park <laughs> without going out the exit. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because what they what they did is they sped straight out of the car park, the exits to the right, but they went straight. Oh, no. Ripping the wheels off the front, straight off the front, as it then careened into the road, nose first, slid across the road, sparks everywhere, and I was what just like, What the hell? This is a movie surreal dream thing. Like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Here's the thing. Doing whippy bulbs technically isn't illegal. Yeah. yeah. What? So I didn't know what the hell was going on. And the police were just like, what yeah, the hell just happened? happened? Cause they just like <laughs> hopped out of their car and watching this car speed off and then crash. And they're just yeah. like, wreck, wreck yourself guys. Oh, what, what? What's going on? Oh, that's excellent. Anyway, I just thought that was oh, a fun I love story. That. No, no, the this service station store is the best. Um, I have my, I have my answer for the, uh, the customer that comes in and uses the deodorant and then, um, just walks away. Grenzo dungeon warden would totally do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. He's goading people, right? Oh that no, that's the different one. Uh, I mean, he he works too. Same character, but yeah. Oh right, I'm thinking of the other guy. It's just yeah, he's yeah. like he's cheeky, Grinny's physiques. Pulling the deodorant off the bottom of the deck. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also that he's he's on a weird schedule because he's a dungeon warden and uh, he's a yeah, mate. Absolutely. Some mates. Yeah. Well, you guys want a party? And um and but oh, he's like oh, someone uh, someone told me oh yeah, oh, yeah I'm <clears throat> I'm stinking a little bit so. <laughs> and so got some deodorant. Awesome. Never buy deodorant by himself though. Like no way. Like why would why would you buy it when you can just use it? So. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Absolutely. All right. This Magic the Gathering commander, as a grown adult, walks up with one bag of dill pickle chips and says, you want to give me these, right? Stick it to your boss. You want to let me walk out of here with these, right? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, hmm. I'm thinking something Golgari. Uh, I don't know why, but kind of am. Um, hmm. What do we got? So they're kind of like, yeah, they're... they're they're intimidating to the point of like, you know, basically like just being so god gosh darn difficult. And it's like, well, no, you got to pay for them. Like, and, and finding pleasure in trying to make you steal from your employer. I always imagine. I don't know. I had a oh, few yeah, people do yeah, this. Yeah. True, yeah. true. All right, I'm scrolling through, seeing seeing something. something a little chaotic there. Yeah, I was thinking like, well, Jund. If there's anything in Jund, maybe I don't. Or maybe maybe Rakdos actually. Yeah, Rakdos. Okay. What have we found? Um, it's a tough one, but I know where you're coming from, and I like it. Uh, Zada, maybe? Zada's just mono-red. Hmm. I could see Zada. Yeah, 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 I could. Uh, I just... Like, Kervek? <laughs> <laughs> Kervek would totally be the guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Kervek looks like yeah. that. It's like, you, you want to give me this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh yeah. I don't know. Do you have one for that one, Chish? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. 
I should, I should, he was so quick off the draw with the others. Is excellent. Because I'm slow with these for sure. Um, we can hop through. I got a few more. I'm so. really bad at D and D, and like I, I say, bad. I'm getting better. It's and not not from a you know win thing, whatever. Be good at it. It's it's more like learning how to improvise, how to be in the you know in a kind of oh you know my favorite role play thing setting. in D and D is playing with playing with new players who actually just go for it. Um, yeah it often has the most positive impact on how we play because it changes. You get someone who isn't used to the game and they think about it differently and it just shakes yeah. things up. It's awesome. That's true. And that's, yeah. that's definitely been, I think it's my dynamic in the uh, the game. I hope anyway, cause I'm, I'm joining a bunch of, you know, very experienced players. I'm like, and I feel like, Oh, am I wasting and runs time? Whatever. And it's like, well, no, it's, and then I wrote this backstory and they're like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, like, Oh, I thought it was just what's expected. And this thing's like a page long. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was like, I, 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 Dude, I I'm the king of, I, I, I probably the king enjoyed of that like writing too, too much. For yeah. That it's like, I probably yeah. enjoyed that way too much. Didn't I? <laughs> it's great. All uh, right. Well, here I'll, I'll do the next one quickly. Here we go. So this magic, the gathering commander purchase a king size pack of crave, craven menthols two packs of zigzags three monster energy drinks an yeah. old beef jerky a chocolate muffin a bag of hickory sticks some peanut butter m&ms a liter jug of water a big box of mike and ike's five dollars in gas and then complains about the price of gas that's totally bruce tile even though you used him before <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is zigzags uh rolling papers oh no i've got it i've got it um, you know what it is it's zagras thief of heartbeats He's totally that guy. <laughs> like he's, I actually, his beard and ponytail, like he's just like, oh, like <laughs> just smashing everything. He's just, he's just on edge. Like his eyes are twitching a little bit, but he's just like he's just got to live everything the max. But it's like, oh, why? What the hell? Like, you know, how dare you wrong me as well? So that's great. Yeah, I like Zagros for that one. <laughs> what do you got, Josh? Well, I think what bucket. <laughs> Going back to yeah, exactly what I would expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. This is this is the only one that, as I was just grabbing these for the show today, and and heads up, these are exactly the ones that I did on Squelch a, a month or two ago. So if we have any Squelch listeners, I'm sorry oh, yes. you're hearing it twice. No, it's, but hot it's different this time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, this was the only one where I was like, oh, I have a clear idea of who I think it is. I think it's Maelstrom Wanderer, the OG art Maelstrom Wanderer. <laughs> oh, just just like, pack of Craven Menthols, rolling papers, monster energy drinks. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, also, uh, the guy who's going to like intimidate you. A little bit into um you know trying to steal whatever that i see now stark of wrath is that guy <laughs> <laughs> he's got that oh that's what about what about urtai urtai oh yeah urtai he's a detect urtai's an ass yeah. that's it. a good one too yeah i don't know much about the magic story but i've heard some urtai things um good times for sure oh man that's he, he was better than urza he's better than what <laughs> Better than yeah, Urza. true. I think everyone's better than Urza. So, uh, yeah, go Urza. All right. So, was that? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to wrap those up there, Joel? And we'll just we'll just run. Yeah, yeah. I think that's through. great. If, if you still got the capacity to do so, timing wise, whatever, Chesh, feel free to chime in. If not, um, but you know, do you want to run through your uh, guest profile questions? And we can we can sure. we can zoom through these. But um, yeah, you've probably heard you've listened to our other, uh, episodes, and and we love to kind of uh, dig into the the psyche of everyone and, and what's influenced and whatever, especially the the things the topics are outside of the world of magic, of course. Um, but the bottom line is everyone's interesting. We get some of the best fun, like 
tabs open well i do anyway of things to watch listen to whatever and and just unexpected answers for all these so good but the first one of course uh the profile of joel uh pineapple and pizza which camp you in uh the answer is yes it should be on pizza but no i don't like it on pizza okay that's that's a that's a very fair answer i like it so Everyone, everyone in Italy just cried up. <laughs> I love pineapple. I don't like it on pizza. Yeah, it's it just I the squishy nature after it's been cooked in the oven. I'd rather cold mm. pineapple. And also, it retains a fair bit of heat if you're getting it scorching hot off the uh, off the thing too. So it's like it's the I had a who was I chatting to the other day in uh, one of the streams. It might have been Mister Bevers or something and. Or I can't remember who it was. Maybe Zuby, but it was like I was talking about the um, the deep fried Mars bars, and um, that's a thing. That's that's totally a thing. You can yeah, do, you I've, can do them at the fish I've and heard. chip shops. I've never been, but I've it's, heard it's well. That's the whole thing. It's like yeah, yum. Bite into a deep fried battered Mars bar, and uh, you it's <laughs> it's all great until the caramel hits your mouth and it's molten, and it's like it's the whole tomato cooked on things too that like it retains a different heat than the other surfaces. So you're just like you you baited in, and then you just your mouth dies. So um, great. Um, <laughs> pet card you love may not be the best. Oh. Pet I want card. Joel's first, like best little pet card exactly. I've got a couple ideas what well, it might like, be, but yeah, um, pet card for me. Oh, I had thought about this. Um, I really, you know what? I, there's a lot of different answers here, um, but more recently in my magic life, uh, Zancha. Oh yeah, I love Zancha. Um, I'm surprised I don't have a Zancha deck, but. Um, I want to put her in every deck. Yeah. I love cards like that. I love cards that are, um, they're, they're not awful. They're powerful, but they're powerful in weird ways. And, mm. and I can't always predict how it's going to go when I put it on the table. And that's yeah. fun. And I think it's that, that whole thing we talked about before. It interacts on a different axis, which is just mm. incredibly fulfilling to go, whoa, let's, let's see what happens here. And almost like throwing something in D&D that no one's expecting. And it's like, whoa, cool. Like that, that made some really funky stories for sure. Uh, also, yeah, yeah. Oh, shout out to your last episode on Squelch that you told the story of how you lost yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> it's all right. It happens. Yeah, right? exactly. People shuffle. Yeah, I, but I have a card here that that's not mine. It's a common. But <laughs> Chesh, have you ever played a, ca- yeah. a game of, um, of of Paper Commander and one of your cards has accidentally been shuffled into someone else's deck and they've walked home with it and you never saw it again, or the other way around? You're speaking about a world that I don't remember. Oh, true, true, <laughs> true. That is very true. I've done it once. I've, I've kind of, uh, I've had a hammer of perforos end up on my deck because the same colored sleeves and whatever. And I was playing Atali <laughs> and same colors. Yeah, exactly. You're using other people's cards. You accidentally shuffle them into the deck, and yeah, yep. rest is history. Yep. No, cool answer. Um, next one is unless Chesh wants to reel this one off. Yeah, that one. No, no. Really. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Trevor. Uh, I just, I, I seem to ask this one all the time, right. don't I? Um, <laughs> who would you like to, who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with, dead or alive, real or fictional? Oh, this one's really easy for me. Um, this would be my grandparents when they were my age. Ooh. Um, this is always, whenever someone asks me this question, I've always said, 
or even my parents, but more so my grandparents. I would love to sit down with any of my four grandparents. I'm very lucky. They lived well into my twenties and thirties, all four of my grandparents and live close by. And, um, I love them all dearly. And I, I would love to sit down and have a coffee or a beer with any of the four of them when they were my age. Mm. I would love to know who they were as younger adults. That would be fun. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting perspective. I think more people should probably would benefit from doing it. I understand, like, I don't know. I, I just get a vibe sometimes people can write off. Uh, there can be a, a mood of like, oh, they're just old people that don't know anything or like they don't have anything to, to teach me or like I'm not interested in their life or whatever because I can't relate to it or anything like that. And um, I and that's the thing. It's like you think about it that way and I'm glad you said it that way, Joel, but it's things like, if I ever get sitting down with my, um, uh, well, he's actually, he's my pop. He's not actually my true grandfather, but he's my pop. And, but I've always treated him as my real grandfather because he's my only one. And, um, you get talking to him after like a bottle of wine and he's, <laughs> he used to be a pilot, a taxi driver, all these things. And it's just like all the, the stories of him, like flying across in his little, uh, the country in his little Cessna, like his little plane and them just stopping into cities and stuff like that and just getting on the beers. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. But it's like there's – I know like it, I, I've definitely – I think some movies address it like this way too. It's like, you know, appreciate your grandparents. They're not going to be there forever. You say, same with your parents too. But like if you can ever find a way to relate or like – like go hey this is what i go through why i'm this age i wonder what you went through and that's that's a great way to put you know to think about exactly and you might appreciate your you know your family a bit more exactly because they may tell or you just something know them they've never been asked or about just know, you know them in a different light yeah totally totally so i love yeah. that answer dude that's really we're good. so we change so much right like yeah. i'm so different than i was i'm 39 i was i'm way different than i was at 29 and i was way different at 29 yeah. to 19 you know like um we change so much and, and, uh, oh, I would love to just kind of like, I don't know, like at 23 years old, I would have loved to have like seen what my grandpa was like at 23 or my grandma. Yeah. Just hung you out. Know? I think exactly. that would have been so cool. For sure. That's, I for think sure. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, next one is what's anyway. your, what's your video game hall of fame? So, uh, one game, maybe five, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's probably going to be five. Um, <laughs> my favorite, favorite video games from PC as a kid were Warlords, Warlords 1 and 2. They were turn-based strategy games where you like uh, had random maps and there was anywhere between two and eight teams and each player could play a different, a different fantasy side and uh, you'd have castles and build units and you had heroes and weapons and... Uh, yeah, Warlords 2 especially, Deluxe Edition, that nice. was like, that was it on the PC. Um, and started a love of turn-based strategy games, you know? Oh, like, nice. I love turn-based games. But from there, um, I can't talk about video games without talking about NHL 94 on Sega Genesis. Hell like, yeah. a huge hockey fan growing up. And NHL 94, we played until at least 2004, 2005, before we really replaced it with any of the newer hockey games. Mm. Um, and we still play to this day when I get together with my best friend who lived across the street, my brother, we we still jam games. So, um, man, that game was awesome. Uh, otherwise, um, man, yeah. Uh, other games that stand out to me, like Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls, yeah, I played too. a lot. That changed that the way game. I viewed games forever. And, uh, and, and probably yeah. lastly, the last one I would mention is is Hearthstone. Nice. You know? Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, cool. And um, oh, the, the maybe the um, oh, it slipped my mind now. Oh, there was one more I was going to mention. Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, four's good. Four's good. I think I like that a lot. Um, uh, next one was uh, follow up your cursor, Chesh, and uh, then reel off the next one. I think. No, no. don't want to. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't want him to uh, recommend an album. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jeez. Oh, I love music and I love sulk rock and I love anything that sounds like it's not perfect. Um, recommend an album. Probably my favorite album of all time back to front is um, is Lonesome Crowded West by Modest Mouse. Nice. Ah, nice. I love Modest Mouse. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, 1990s, early 2000s Modest Mouse. That's just, that's, that. That's just exactly where I want to live. I want to go relive all the shows, seeing them live at that time in my head. Those were like my favorite concerts to go to. And mm. um, yeah, they're from just over the border from where I live. So um, got to see them quite a bit. And uh, yeah, that would probably be it. That's oh, probably it. Love it. Yeah. I Recently. Good choice. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, uh, Modest Mouse appeared on your uh, your Spotify list this year. I mean, no surprises, didn't it, Chesh? It was the top on my Spotify yeah, list, yeah. Exactly. Oh, there you go. I adore them. Along with, like, Beck and Violent Femmes. Yeah. Nice. No surprise, really. yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I, I liked your mix. That was really am. cool, for sure. Yeah, I'm surprised Cape didn't actually pop up on that list, though, from memory. You know, let me just double-check that uh, list. What were you saying, Joel, mm-hmm. about more recent? Oh, more recently, uh, I've been into um, probably the the number one on my Spotify list this year was Hop Along. Uh, I really like that band. They're from the States. Um, and their singer is just rad. She just has like this voice that hits you right in the gut. Um, so Hop Along is is kind of the band I've probably been most into in the past year. Nice. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I like Doctor Dog a lot. I yeah, you get like we got Dog, talking about Doctor Dog. Doctor uh, Dog are excellent, They're really, really good. And um, Doctor, I- yeah, their live show is probably the best live show I've been to. They love making music, mm. and it just you just feel it. You know? Yeah. Well, I think my my top five absolutely from from Spotify this year absolutely says a lot about who <laughs> I am. Number one, Modest Mouse. Number two, Violent Femmes. Number three, Nine Inch Nails. Number four <laughs> is Beck. Number five, Queens of yeah. Stone Age. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, industrial and rock. Hi, yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and immediately I'm like, this person is around my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a, I'm a little younger. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, uh, all right. I'm the old man. Exactly. I'm a 30-year-old, one-year-old. I'm I'm an adult. In, in an saying adult. that, if anyone out there hasn't listened to Modest Mouse, oh, yeah. um, the very first song I would suggest people to listen to is The Devil's Work Time at uh, Workday, mm. followed by uh, The Good Times Are Killing Me and The View, which are all from the one album. Oh, so, they're all from the Good News is uh, Bad good News. People who yeah. like Bad News. I, yeah. I always think my my first favorite Modest Mouse song that I heard was Broke. Uh, and I think that if I was to request an album to listen to first, I would say building nothing out of something. Um, mm. That's just a lovely kind of like, oh, each song just flows into the next. Mm. That's a lovely album too. But good news is a good album too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's mm. probably like, I like that. That'd definitely be my favorite one. Um, we were dead before the ship even sank. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I actually really dug um, strangers to ourselves in 2015. So something very new. Um, compared to their other stuff, yeah, like I just I love their messages of the newer, 
Like it, yeah, of the newer albums, I really didn't enjoy that one as much. I really like the um the one in between the satellite skin one, which was that one with the bug on the front. I don't always remember names. No, and, and well, these guys they, they've made some music. amazing named uh, albums for sure. No one's uh, first, and you're next. Is that the one? Oh no, it's an EP. It. That's an EP. Uh, Nimma. Uh, building. It, it was one that they recorded at at home, but yeah, yeah. Um, the one I've listened to a bit is Building Nothing Out of Something, and that's a compilation one, I think, anyway. Uh, no, no, that's a Building Nothing Out of Something is an album. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an EP. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a, one of my students um, got me like a Building Nothing Out of Something poster. It's yeah, I, and I like, think that's it. I was drawn to the art, exactly. It's it's yeah. super cool. I, I, I love good news art, too. Like, I think that's one of my favorites because yeah. it's like just really nice graphical, uh, like you know quite minimal but like yeah graphical uh shaded vector it's kind of vector a little bit but it's the kind of stuff i love to create which is really nice that's cool good news had a like a lovely like uh kind of like film like acetate film almost like tracing paper and it had like two images it was cool when you mm. got it as a cd yeah but i really like all those those earlier albums from sad sappy sucker to the fruit that ate itself to uh the moon in antarctica right up till about good news is like i just that i like all modest mouse but those ones like there's no songs i skip on those albums mm. i just listen to them and just absolutely love them yeah amazing like you say it's a time as well it's a bookmark and yeah go back to it um next one best magic art you're you're an oh, art person. <laughs> I I man, I could talk about this for hours. Yep. But my absolute favorite uh, magic art is Elvish Farmer um, from Fallen Empires. Ooh. Richard Kane Ferguson. Yeah. Um. Just. Oh, it's one of the few magic cards I kept when I sold my um collection. Mm. So Slimefoot is one of the first commanders I built because I was like, I need a home for this. And oh yeah, I remember you told the story of this. Yeah. And it's so cool, yeah. and it fits in Slimefoot, doesn't it? It just fe- it just feels yeah. like that for sure. Oh man! But his um his art and watercolors in general, but also art that is kind of concise and in areas, and then kind of loses focus or clarity. Um, it 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 so much lends itself to fantasy work because to me like the tropes and themes of fantasy are tied up in storytelling Mm. right much more so than like science fiction or or other kinds of story writing um and and to me it's like when the images look kind of like you imagine memories would look yeah um i love that art so like with lord of the rings art like i really love alan lee um but i Mm. also I I really love a lot of magic artists where we get those kinds of feels. I think Rebecca Gay does that in Spades, but um, yeah, I was gonna say and and more, yeah. more contemporary would probably be like Nils Harm does that really good in and out of focus. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean and and yeah, there's like a I want to say a ha- yeah, and Seb. there's a haze to it, I guess. Like in a, in a you know not no, it's just blurry. No, it's 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 got a sheen on it that is is hard for me to articulate. But it's I, I like what you said there for sure um yeah nice uh recommend us a movie oh goodness Ooh. this is not my area i don't watch a ton of movies um oh that's fine i really don't oh man i don't know i've been digging star wars again lately but that's like everybody watches star wars i don't know yeah <laughs> um yeah oh you know what movie i really love that i watched with my kids a couple weeks ago my favorite fantasy movie ever is willow and them announcing that they're doing a TV series is super exciting. Can't wait. Which one I is it? I love Willow. Willow the... Kill me! <laughs> what, what was that? Just Willow. It's the name of the movie. Oh. Kill me. Why? Hate you it. hate really? it? Really? Can't stand it. Yeah. 
No. Just, just oh, hate fair it. enough to each other. Why? I have an immeasurable amount of hate wow. for that movie. I do not know why. You don't know why. But it just, I remember the first time I saw it, the second time I saw it, the 15th time that I saw it, I just hated well, it with a passion. It was huh. just like not for me, and I don't know well, why. It is it's something I have not been able to quantify correctly. I, yeah, I, I, um, and I am a massive movie buff, but this, like even being an ex-movie critic, and this is just totally so far <laughs> not up my, my alley. It's not you know what? I, to the point I, where I, it makes me absolutely angry Anytime wow. somebody tries to watch it around me, I'm like, I I'm love out. it because I'm wow. I get it because it's wow. the whole, it's the uh, irrational hatred of something that you can't even explain why. But that's of being a younger person. I don't want to say kid because I can't do the math. And if anyone wants to say it's because of like little people or whatever, whatever the no. term is these days, it is not. It is absolutely not because he's been in other stuff and has been phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, Warwick Davis is amazing. Just, yeah. Yeah. He's so That's good. That's R2-D2. Right? My, he's so good. My favorite character in that movie, though, is the High Aldwin. And maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I'm just going <laughs> to hurt you more. Um, <laughs> and oh, he just it's lovely. Yeah. Um, he's a, a Billy Barty plays him. And he's just a lovely, lovely, goofy, wise character. And I love him. Interesting. I was going to say it could be reason to uh, to to, to rewatch and reconsider as as of these mostly if if it's not. But I think I don't think we're shaking chesh on this one. This is this is this is the equivalent of the person who who knows they don't like food and just don't convince them to try the food again. They're saying they don't like it. Just listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I hate when people do that. It's like, oh, you don't like salmon. You haven't eaten my salmon. Yeah, you need to try like, my nope, salmon. It's it. like no, what, yeah. no, I, no, no. I I hate this type of salmon. I've, <laughs> I've tried. I've literally tried fifteen times to like this fucking salmon yeah. it, and i can too i do not like this salmon at all it doesn't benefit me to not like a food i wish i liked all food so that's always what i say if i'm picky about a food i'm like i, I i've tried multiple times to try and like this i want to like it yeah i don't well and yeah. that's that's the thing so i used to be a film critic you know i have rewatched this movie multiple times to try and figure out what it is <laughs> that's not- triggering that response to me and i cannot for the life of me figure it out you know, it's, it's a like true, hey, it's the, a George the latest Lucas Ghostbusters. Thing. I can tell you, like the writing is terrible, and that's what makes that because movie the bad. Script, yeah. The script is from There's George Lucas. That really lends itself to being a bad movie. So the things that I really remember liking about this movie, beyond like the High Aldwin, I like things that are fantasy, but I also like things that are a little bit different. Mm. And I was really surprised, especially looking back. It's like George Lucas and Ron Howard. So yeah. like you would expect something not especially different. Um, but I, things I really like about this, this movie, um, the two most powerful characters are old women and the Mm. epic battle at the end is between two old women. I absolutely love that. It's Mm. weird for fantasy. It's, it's amazing. Um, and then like, I'll never get over the first major action sequence in the movie is like 45 minutes in. It's been set up beautifully. It's not too soon. It's not like just an action filled movie. I'm so bored of just fantasy movies, just being fighting. Um, And it's Mad Mardigan in a dress. 
Mm. And that's my favorite. Like the the big superhero who who is like the the warrior in the movie is fighting in a dress. I love that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think the flavor is hilarious. And then the other funny thing, of course, is the brownies who are supposed to be like these exotic weird creatures. The accent they chose for them is French Canadian, and that makes me laugh to no avail. <laughs> like it's that's hilarious. Perfect. Yeah, oh, I love it. Well, that, yeah, I, I and I appreciate all those qualities, and I need to check this out because I mean. Chesh had a, uh, a funny reaction when I said I love Dark Crystal, and it's like, but that's the whole thing. It's oh, like, I love Dark Crystal. To each her own. Well, yeah. yeah, the series is he one of, like one of yeah. the best things I've seen in in years, and it's yeah, but it it speaks different things to me than anyone like than other people, and that's the whole point. So nice one. I like how weird that was as a kid too. I oh, loved yeah. how weird it was. Oh, it's depressing. Yeah. It's great. That's um, <laughs> awful. Uh, speak, <laughs> speaking of things, Chesh likes. What's your what's your next one there, Chesh? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Great. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, uh, Snorlax. Hands down, it's Snorlax. What did you think it was going to be like? What what type of bondage do you enjoy What's the most? <laughs> uh, uh, the answer is the same, Snorlax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> no, so I love Snorlax. Um, mostly, uh, you know, I, what I dig about Snorlax is like, one of the weirdest things about the Pokemon show and all the games and everything is they're always like forcing the Pokemon to do things Mm. like they, like they get them and they like the Pokemon have no agency. Snorlax does what he does. And everyone's like, ah, that's just Snorlax. Like, you know, like (laughs) you just fell asleep. He's, he's the comedy foil, right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that like, it's always presented as like the, ah, gosh, dang it. Like (laughs) you've done the thing again. He's blocking your way. You gotta get the flute to wake him up. He's eating too much. He's falling asleep. You ain't moving. (laughs) Oh, but we love him because he could be potentially powerful, but uh, he's falling asleep again. Oh, well. Nah, no one cares. No one cares about the powerful side. They never, ever mention it ever in any of the games about like how, how big and powerful Snorlax yeah. is. The only thing that they ever mention, they don't even say he's fat or anything like that. The only thing they ever mention is the fact that Snorlaxes hibernate for a very long time. And once they've eaten enough, they just fall asleep wherever they want in a form of, of slight narcolepsy, yeah. basically. <laughs> and that there's, there's no real known way to actually wake up a Snorlax. And if you manage to, you should watch out because they can be terribly oh, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. And it's all thing in the game, I'm pretty sure it blocks a path or whatever. It's like, whoop. Yeah, not getting past that. Past yeah. that, yeah, exactly. Not getting. Um, not my getting kids also that. like love Pokemon, and so growing up, we would play Pokemon a lot until about a year or so ago. And uh, I would always just be Snorlax, and then they'd like climb all over me and <laughs> pretend to wake up. <laughs> no, and stuff. That's it was fun. <laughs> the best. Yeah, cool. Um, and and as as you alluded to before, let's wrapping up all these questions and and uh, you know appreciating all the uh, all all the awesomeness you've uh, you've kind of. Um, kind of given us to talk about uh, today it's been amazing but in just a few words what does magic mean to you joel oh man um i think magic and a lot of people say this but um for lee for me there's two two real things like one um one is like the physical game of magic and i think this ties into the second part so like holding cards tapping cards um i love art Mm. and i love zines i love prints I love things you can give away and hold and make someone feel special for like holding a gift. Cause it's, ta- um, it's tactile. Yeah. Mm. And I like comics. When I was in art school, I made some like plywood comics. They were big on hinges oh, and cool. you had to like turn pages and stuff. Like there's something about holding a comic. I've tried to read comics digitally and it's not even that I'm against digital things or an old dinosaur. I just, 
I miss that feeling of turning the page and yeah. seeing what's next. And um, so tapping a magic card with your hand, my son's nine. He would way rather tap a magic card with his hand than play online. Yeah. And I, I think there's this really weird thing right now where we're hearing about how magic's headed online. It's headed online. We all love holding the cards. Yeah. We all love collecting the cards, tapping the cards. There's a real feeling there. Um, yeah. So that's been lovely. But then the other thing is just the social, right? The kitchen table, more than two players, um, talking to the point where you forget which player's turn it is. Yep. That's, that's what it means to me. Oh, I love it. And I I, I'm glad you touched on yeah, it. It's lovely. Yeah. The, the actual physical aspect of the game. And, and it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I've wanted to hear about a little bit. And it, it, like, that is a, it needs to be mentioned that it is, there's a reason we, we choose to play paper commander this year and, and we found ways to do it. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, te- yeah. it is technically harder. You got to do, we've got to jump through more hoops to do this, but it's infinitely more enjoyable and it's, it's using our collections. It's everything. So, um, and it's pretty, oh. yeah. Oh, sorry. I keep interrupting. The last thing that just came to my head though, is what it's been for me, honestly, has I've only been playing commander for three years now and it's, really allowed me to find a lot of fulfillment in something that I enjoyed as a young person. It's a little bit of a midlife crisis, not really a midlife (laughs) crisis, but like a midlife, you know, I have some disposable income. I can get enough cards to really make some cool decks. I can, I can kind of have and do the things I wasn't able to do when I didn't have money as a kid. Mm. And I can explore this game much more further than I could when I was younger. And so maybe that's more what it means to me is it's been like this lovely, this beautiful um, journey of investigation over the last few years of all the thousands of magic cards I missed, Mm. you know, in the 15 years before. Um, Oh, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Nice. Oh, good answer. Good answer for sure. Um, I've got, we had a couple of things about entertaining we're going to talk about to wrap up with, but I think I might even just leave them for next week if that's cool, Chesh, and, and, and wrap it that's up fine. here. I think that's a that's a that's an awesome one to finish on. I don't want to sour the message or anything. Or like, sorry, not sour, but you know, like end on any other point because that's that's excellent and and you know just just good vibes, man. Like it's it's been an absolute joy to hang out with you joel and i've been looking forward to this for a while and uh even kate asked me this morning she's like who's your guest today i'm like ah oh, this is an easy one we got joel i'm like you know joel and i have already spoke <laughs> for hours this is so much fun and i just look forward to it and who knows what's going to come out with uh you know of if as it always happens we find something new to talk about and, and it's just just joyous so um thank you you know eternally for this man and and it's it's i think it's been a really valuable also different perspective um as opposed to also like it's it seems like i think all i guess mostly like content creators or, or, or makers of something in the magic sphere and it's i think your perspective is unique in that you're an incredibly established content creator but not in magic like i i I look up to your podcast it's it's incredible like it's it's just such a good vibe it's like if anyone's looking to make a podcast like try and capture that vibe (laughs) like that's it's just people having fun hanging out and and you can you can learn a thing or two whatever but it's it's more that yeah we we get so much joy playing uh generally around the lexicon discord and and you know just you remind me all the time what it what it it, why i play this and which is really fun and and the creativity and we're playing you know essentially for the enjoyment so some really really valid things we discussed um i was gonna say too i can't believe this is in my originally in my notes but i i i I can't miss the fact that you you influenced a bit of the um the holden and paco 
uh, deck building for webcam episode we did. And it was showing that we found a way to uh, pull off the logistics of using the ability on that card, using everyone else's cards. And you, you did that in a way that basically within, uh, what is it, the infinite tokens and everyone discussing what's going on, managed to pull off something other people would avoid thinking it's too hard on webcam and because we're not physically on the same table. And it was it was fine. So I always love that. But more importantly, the um, uh, people need to check out Joel's altar of Holden the Paco. It's, it's <laughs> my favorite yeah. altar I've ever seen in my life. And, and I think it'll always be because of the story behind it. Do you want to run us through very quickly what that is? Sure. Um, my dog, Annabelle, we got her a year after my wife and I um, moved out together. And uh, she's a lovely little mutt. She's brindle. She's 40 pounds, but a foot and a half tall. She's a healthy weight. She's a big, small dog. And she's real weird looking. And she's been the sweetest, most lovely dog with my kids and just growing up. But she's 13 now. She's having trouble getting up and down the stairs. We've all been through it. It's real hard. Mm. Um, but uh, as soon as I saw Halden and Paco, there were two things. Number one, I get to play my opponent's cards. That's my favorite thing in Magic to do. Yeah. Um, I don't want to steal their cards necessarily once they're on the table. I like that too, but not as much as like, ooh, I get like more cards in my hand. I wasn't expecting this game. It's like that puzzle I was talking mm. about, right? Where you like, oh, I wasn't expecting to have these tools. What do I get to and, do here? And the RNG of and, it too, um, yeah. You're like, oh, new treats, exactly. I used to play Italian. It's like, this is just so much fun, like for sure. Right? And and I saw those commanders, and then as soon as it was like, oh, it's a wizard, and a, like this dumpy old wizard, I'm like, well, how do I not relate to that dude, right? Like, he's probably not the best wizard at wizard school, right? Yeah. Like, other wizards show up with their books and their potions, and he's like, I got my dog! <laughs> you know? Um and, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, immediately was like, oh, I'm going to, I'll do some proxies for this. And I painted, yeah, a couple paintings. I took a couple weeks in the summer and um, did some pretty detailed paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do that very much anymore, so I found the time. And, uh, yeah, they turned out really well. I'm really happy with them. Yeah, and they look so, like one, you put them Alden on. Alden is me. You put them on old borders, too, which looks amazing. Yeah, I did, yeah. I should put the cards themselves up on my Twitter. Um, they're on my Twitter, at Enthralamund1, if you want to see them. I think they're a posted link up there from when I finished them. And, yeah, it was just um, made me really happy. And holding that card with me drinking a coffee on it <laughs> and then, like, Anna on the other one and saying, uh, Annabelle's swinging at you. It's my dog, Annabelle. <laughs> and uh, Annabelle, the sweetest girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I yeah. love it. Appreciate that so much. And yeah, definitely check it out because yeah, that, that brings a smile right to, to me, like unlike anything else and um, yeah, good stuff. So speaking of where can people find you, Joel, if they want to track you down? Hey, uh, I'm, I've been posting more and more on Twitter. I usually say I'm not very active on Twitter. I've been pretty active on Twitter lately. Uh, I'm on Twitter at enthralamund1 because uh, this is a big joke on the podcast, but it's absolutely true. Um, I guess I signed up for Twitter a couple years ago, and I thought I didn't use enthralamund as a handle. Um, so when I went to re-sign up again, I was like, oh, someone used enthralamund. So I became enthralamund1, and then years later realized it was myself. <laughs> 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 imposter so i've added through all one or our podcast is called squelch another hearthstone podcast if you want to check that out check it out otherwise that's about it i don't know yeah find, find us me in find Discords. us in the lexicon discord if you're around there and get it get a game with us so you know that's, yeah. that's also another way so no, i love it um and chesh my boy where can we find you 
you can find me sucking at the teat <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> sucking at the teat of a beer keg. No, not really. <laughs> I, I only drink beer. I drink beer. As in German beer, yeah, but yeah. not not traditional with beer. whippies. Um, <laughs> exactly. You can find me at Cheshire Plays on Twitter. Uh, everywhere else, you can find me as Cheshire Plays Games. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, you can find me at Pastor Jam Sam on the Twitters and the Instagrams, and you can also find the podcast at cmdr underscore crunch on twitter and at cmdr crunch on instagram the website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm and if you've got any thoughts feedback questions pictures of cephalids anything funny stories from the servo uh send them to uh cmdr crunch podcast at gmail.com or just just dm us on twitter or something but love to hear from you but um yeah uh, until next week, thanks so much for listening, listeners, and also thank you so much, Chesh, for being you, and thank you so much for for being you too, Joel. Like, and and thanks for joining us and and giving us some of your uh, afternoon energy on what is, uh, yeah, an afternoon slash evening of a Saturday, I believe. So, um, yeah, and, and yeah, and just spreading the good vibes and and yeah, like I say, being you, it's been awesome. So, yeah. Nice one. Well, thank you very much for having me. I love the podcast and it no, was exciting to be on. And that means the so. world. Like you say, one person, uh, actually we've had a couple of people, which is just, you know, uh, means a lot, but yeah, that's, that's huge, man. And, you know, I'll say my, my advice for the, uh, the week to sign off with it's, uh, in on that note actually is tell people you appreciate them. Uh, cause sometimes they never hear it and sometimes you ne- you never, I appreciate both of you. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> exactly. But you never know what day, sometimes that day they're going to need to hear that and you might just absolutely hit it on the head and you may have saved their day. So yeah, exactly. Any, any, uh, cool advice you guys? Do not eat the yellow snow. Do not go where the huskies go. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, work to enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. it's not always been easy for me. So you talk about how, like, I like having fun and stuff, but like there was a point in my life where kind of switching my mindset around things was like, a an explicit choice I made. So mm. yeah, Truth. like curate your community, try and have fun with things and the people around you will have fun too. Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right. Take care friends until next week. Ciao. <laughs> That's where we just make a noise and you go with it. So, you can do one if you want. Up to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Horn of Gondor. Ooh,